I have been uninvited. Welcome to episode number 120 of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, December 18th, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where you can riot, you can loot, but you better not question those election results. And from America's left coast, where the Academy Award for the most out of touch actor in an uninformed COVID rant goes to Tom Cruise. I'm Ryan (laughs) Bemrose. But he's such a great actor. Not, no, (laughs) not, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. And we have a very special guest with us today here on the Grumpy Old Ben's podcast, a brethren from a show that runs also on the No Agenda stream. So a lot of you have already heard the voice of Midas, a fun fact Friday, the show he does with his daughter, Leela. And it is the, uh, without a doubt, because our buddy Chris over at the Abs in a Six Pack show, he also goes by Sir Seatsitter. He was talking about wanting to do a no agenda like award show. And I said, without a doubt, Fun Fact Friday would have to win the most, uh, the most tame, the most, uh, wholesome is maybe the word I'm looking for. Acceptable for radio. Yes. The most wholesome (laughs) show on the no agenda stream without a doubt. How are you? I'm pretty good. So it's funny that you say that it's so wholesome because uh, we're so wholesome that we just got an inappropriate content strike on our YouTube channel. I know. And one of our but, videos got taken down. But that's YouTube. You could put up white <laughs> you could put up 10 hours of white noise and be like inappropriate I, content. I think I think I figured out what it was. One of the links to our uh, facts because we always like to put put any links we use in the show notes. And um, one of the links was fun hobbies to do while on coronavirus lockdown. And I'm pretty sure the algo just picked up the fact, the word, the fact, and the word coronavirus, and probably wow. just, just took it down immediately. Yeah, that's the problem with the algos, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And there's oh, no or that's just a, either. So it's or gone. that's just a problem with YouTube. Well, but it's it, not. It, what it means YouTube. is you're one third of the way to finding your way to a better platform than YouTube. I'm I'm working on one. I'm rolling my own. I'm sick and tired of the crap. <laughs> well, and it just shows you. The extent, though, I mean, this is a perfect example because there are some people and I don't agree with them, but there are some people that would be like, well, yeah, coronavirus misinformation shouldn't be on YouTube. But when you're doing the when you're doing the censorship with a sledgehammer instead of a scalpel, then you're taking out a whole lot of content, which has really nothing to do with what you think you're taking down. And uh Everybody really at that point is a loser in that situation. Yeah, you, that, you don't that want to actually, kill a mosquito with a bazooka. That actually know? has nothing to do with the tool that you're using so much. The the tool only affects the degree. That is an inherent characteristic of doing censorship. Because even if you have the the most focused tool you can get is is a conscientious person who is reviewing every video, which is of course impossible on YouTube. And e- even then you're going to be bringing in that person's biases. Uh, YouTube just happens to be doing it with an algo 
that has the baked in biases of a whole lot of people. And as we all know from any kind of corporate America, uh, the, the power, the mental capacity of a committee is the denominator of every individual member in it. Well, what this really reminds me of is going way back to the bulletin boards of the early days when they first start coming out on the World Wide Web, where in order to get rid of the bad words, and we use filters when I ran a couple of these boards, but you would just go and put the word, you know, uh, shit, and you would just say whatever you want to do with that, do it. But it was a very simple filter. And obviously, YouTube hasn't gotten all that much better when it comes to figuring out what content you know, they even want to censor. It's just, that's just, it is the one, nothing should be censored to a certain point, but then, you know, people will make the argument when it comes to, you know, child porn and child endangerment, that kind of stuff. I agree that shouldn't be there, but when your filters for something are, are pulling in the uh, fun fact Friday show. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> you're not paying attention at that point. That's uh, and, and that's sad. All right though. Well, I mean, the vast so, majority of our views do not come from YouTube, so I'm not even worried about it. Most of our stuff is just the straight audio podcast, so it's not that as, big as it should be. Yeah, there is yeah. so much crap on YouTube that really should not be a video. Uh, it, there's a ton of it because, of course, and nobody nobody ever writes anything down anymore, which means that even if you want a, a tutorial video for some new freaking JavaScript framework, you you can't just read documentation you got some idiot talking on youtube and usually it's just a picture of their desktop the entire time and why does this even need video why does it need audio why why can't you write down a paragraph of text but everybody's on youtube YouTube. yeah (laughs) well that was the uh there was an article i saw a week or so ago which was about the most popular music service in the world and they're like it's not spotify it's not whatever it's YouTube. More people yep. consume music on YouTube yeah. than That's anywhere else. Lila does. Well, where now where was <laughs> where was BitTorrent on on this list? I don't think that's a streaming service necessarily, but that, that's uh, what you think. <laughs> it could be used as one, but it's not a uh, you know it's not technically a streaming service. But hey, that is just the way people have decided to use youtube and i think it's even when you mentioned back when uh the great joe rogan was on youtube Rose, you mentioned that usually how you would consume the few YouTube episodes Bemrose? that you have uh consumed was to you would put the youtube video on and then just ignore the video or, or minimize the tab and go do something else right with my screen yeah well that's what people do i mean i don't know why but that's how people listen to music which is there's a video running think of all the bandwidth being wasted think of all the green energy being wasted yeah but that's what people I, do. I, I go over, I go over to, to my brother's place and he is wild. He, he, he's one of those people where uh, it, silence is offensive and therefore there always has to be music playing somewhere and they will turn on the Roku and either switch it to Spotify or to YouTube. Both of them pipe in video and it'll just play the video and then it'll sit there. Nobody's ever looking at the screen. It's just background music for hours and hours at a time. Just and how much band. bandwidth is, yeah, how much bandwidth is being spent to pipe in every single music video when you just wanted background music? At one of the local pubs, they have three TVs in the back room. And most of the time, they're just on, each one is on a separate YouTube playlist, just all day playing. Nobody's ever back there. But he goes in the morning, turns them on. They're all playing off of their individual Roku's or whatever, just 
sucking down bandwidth and useless. <laughs> and there is a lot of energy that is expended for these things. I'm not, I'm surprised the AOCs and the Greta's of the world haven't, uh, haven't gone after that yet. I mean, it's on the list, I'm sure, but it's because, because Google's woke. Actually, that's probably it. <laughs> it could be it sounded like sarcasm. I think that might be it. It could be. They're on our side, which is politics in a nutshell today, isn't it? Just if you're on our side, it's okay. The uh, uh, the Dimension A and the Dimension B stuff. But what is going on? Any latest stuff on this uh, solar winds hack? Because this is, we talked about it on Monday, and it was just becoming uh, a new story at that point. It was shortly after we did the show that I, I sent you over the little clip, uh, Ryan, that said, you know, the the two top guys or something from the company dumped a bunch of stock about a month ago. And it's like, OK, that seems a little bit uh, it seems a little bit uh, coincidental. No, it's fine. They're just buying Christmas. Right. Just getting ready to buy a Christmas present. Right. Millions and millions <laughs> of dollars in Christmas presents. And I don't know if we need to get into you know, the minutia of what happened. But the reality is, it seems that a vast majority of the government agencies in the United States use software from the same people. And that is concerning to me because, uh, one, I don't think that half the government business, I mean, if you're doing stuff and there's some vastly varying levels when it comes to what is secret, because the reality is, I think we all believe that a majority of what the government does should be out in the open. I mean, this shouldn't be like there's a bunch of bunch of top secret stuff. But when you get to the top secret stuff, if you haven't had a computer that's connected to the Internet, you kind of deserve what you get, don't you? I'm I'm not convinced I'm the right person to ask about (laughs) government secrets right now. I'm I'm still super bitter about the fucking John Roberts treason. Oh, oh, man, that. Mm. <laughs> you know what that, what that kid said that he heard was going on in that room yeah did, did you hear did you listen that, to that I've, I've got the video on on rumble because fuck youtube uh in the show notes but yeah dude dude hearing through the walls screaming from these guys saying uh that i don't care uh you know i don't care about bush v gore there wasn't rioting which is at a minimum moral cowardice and and at a maximum is just straight up treason against the constitution. And I, yes. And, I don't yeah. know, I'm, and when we're speaking about bitter. these guys, we're talking about the nine justices of the Supreme court. This was allegedly heard outside the chamber because when they're deciding whether or not they want to hear a case, they go into a room with just them and the person outside the door. And this time uh, heard yelling when it came to this Texas case and the reason being given allegedly why they weren't wanting to take the case was that because when there was Al Gore and uh, Bush, there was no rioting. And the fact if you're going to use that and if this is true, it, it it sounds like there needs to be rioting over that personally. But yes, I mean, they need to see that there's going to be rioting if you don't do the right thing. Not, you know, and this is when you're making a decision on whether or not to do the right thing. I mean, Amitis, you have children, obviously, at least one. Now, if if she's going to throw a fit and you realize, well, when the child throws a fit, you know, we'll call it rioting, then we're going to always give in. What happens to that child? I mean, it's, it's not hard to figure out how they're going to grow up. 
because they're always going to get what they want. The left is being a bunch of petulant children, all these people that go out and riot and have been looting to use that as the reason to not enforce the law of the land as the Supreme Court. That kind of says we're doomed as a nation. It's the heckler's veto. Yes. It, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm old enough here, and I, I know I'm pretty sure you guys are both, too, to have actually had a civics class when I was in public school. And they taught us all about here's the Constitution and here's the way that things are supposed to work. And here's the vision that the founders of America had. And I, I took that as, you know, they had some pretty good ideas and uh, it's really cool to live in a country like that. And over the years, there have been chips in it where I realized, OK, you know, the legislature is compromised and OK, the presidency is compromised. And I think until last week. I had still held out hope that if there was anybody in Washington, D.C. who had read not only read the Constitution or but even cared that they took an oath to uphold and defend it, it would be the Supreme Court. And at this point, no, they're just as big a swamp creatures. as ever. And, and I'm going to go ahead and exclude uh, Justices Thomas and Alito. Because as far as I know, they might be the only two people left in Washington, D.C. who have any fucking integrity at all. But the rest of them need to, you know what? They need to experience what that fucking rioting is about. But you're forgetting. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I think that they're, they're, I think that, that the Supreme Court is, is banking on something that, that is probably true, unfortunately, which is that Democrats, when they don't get their way, are fucking immature crybabies and will go out and burn their city down. Conservatives, when they don't get their way, will be like, well, I guess that's life. Um, so we'll put up with it. And it, it results in some really perverse incentives. But I think that conservatives being generally a lot more fucking mature, at least in this day and age, is it, it. I think that the gamble of, well, if we rule against the Democrats, then they'll be fucking crybaby tantrums forever. I, I think that logic might be sound much as i hate it but there's there's things that we can do to stop the riots you know i mean law enforcement law yeah yeah okay (laughs) law enforcement enforced by whom biden well i mean biden isn't a cop and he i mean this is again why this country is supposed to work is that you're supposed to have a bunch of different states who act independently to keep out the possibility of massive amounts of connected corruption i mean sure Every state's going to be corrupt, but in a completely different way with completely different people. And when it comes down to if this is, again, the case that the Supreme Court won't even hear a case, that tells me a very simple thing, which was if they were going to hear the case, they knew how this was going to come down. And this is the problem when you said you, you always thought that the Supreme Court was untouched. I don't think the Supreme Court is untouched anymore because you have justices that will only vote down ideological lines. Uh, Justice Sotomayor, I don't think, has ever voted in a way that would be friendly to the conservatives. And it's not because the law has never been friendly to the conservatives. It's because she's an ideologue, and that's the only way she's ever going to vote, and that is corrupt. I'm not I'm not being political, though, when when I say that they they've given up their charge. This is not a conservative versus the liberal thing. What I'm I'm not asking 
the Supreme Court to always rule in favor of conservatives or uh, or liberals. I'm not asking for them to choose a political side or a party. What I'm asking for them to do is to read the fucking document that they swore an oath on and maybe try to make sure that that is not just fucking toilet paper in Washington, D.C. The, the quote from the very beginning of the Texas case was was appropriate and i didn't pull it up so i'm gonna paraphrase but it was when when they said uh either the constitution is the document by which we derive all power of our government or it is just a piece of paper on display in the national archives and we urge the supreme court to choose the former and you know what the supreme court chose the latter the constitution is fucking dead as a foundation and Maybe I'm I'm hammering on this point too much, but this seriously fucking disillusioned me. I made it 40 years actually believing that for some reason the Constitution meant something and and maybe being totally disillusioned and realizing that every fucking politician and bureaucrat in existence is against us and wants to fucking destroy our country. And nobody has read the goddamn Constitution. Maybe that's some sort of popping my political cherry. And maybe I'm now. completely cynical with everybody else but i actually thought that maybe somebody in washington dc gave a fuck about that document do you still think you can outrant sir bembrose Medus? oh i never thought i could <laughs> i was just angling to get on the show <laughs> okay oh, see there's that's genius worked, hey yeah <laughs> that is absolutely good ruse <laughs> yeah genius absolute genius but the the thing is, everybody has a bias, and and this is where the Supreme Court was always kept small, and there, there's a reason for that, although there's a question now with Biden coming in, allegedly, that it seems that all things are pointing to a Biden presidency anyway still, that he may stack no, the court. No, all, all things are, are pointing Harris. to a Biden regime. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, well, yes, and it more a uh, Harris yeah. hashtag not my president. Because when have um, you ever seen the the president and vice president on the everything? It's yeah. it's never been like that. It's never been you know president elect and vice president elect. It's it's always been oh now our next president is this person. And, oh, for sure. And you're rarely oh. seeing Joe without his wife. I mean, it really looks like he needs a handler at this point. He appears to be. You mean so Mrs. I Biden? He, yes, I, yes. I mean, I, it, Mrs. Doctor. I, I think that it is. It, it he needs he needs help going to the bathroom these days. The dude cannot run the country. So obviously they're going to find a way. Either he's going to, you know, one of three things is going to happen. He's either going to step down. They're going to twenty fifth amendment his ass, or they're just going to Hillary Clinton him. Either way, Harris is going to be the real president. Yes, we know that. Not not real, you know, unelected despot. Not really president, but whatever. He laid out his plan. He laid out his plan clear as day. True winning the asking and pressure. <laughs> yeah, well, How is this not it, clear to you? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That was uh, he, he, he laid out his plan before that. I mean, you know, he's always been <laughs> the thing is, he's always been telling the truth. We have the biggest voter fraud organization America's ever seen. I mean, dude has told more truth than any candidate in history, you know, and it's one thing when you're talking off the cuff you know during these debates and that sometimes you can understand where people get flustered and you might not understand what they're saying or they may they may trip over their words a bit the fact that biden is doing this while reading a teleprompter it's very scary that you have people doing news 
that uh, like Bill O'Reilly, he said, I tried to pull some stuff from what Biden was saying, but he's incomprehensible in that. Stop making fun of his stutter. You know, it's not even a stutter. It's like you because <laughs> that would be one thing that you can kind of get beyond and go, OK, that's, stutter. it's not even English. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the melding of words. And it is, you know, the end result is not easy to go. Oh, I, I understand what he was, what he was saying. I mean, I can usually understand people when we were in Ireland, the people I was with, my wife and my friends, they like, how do you understand that guy? It's like, I don't know. There's something in my brain. That decodes a lot of that. When uh, Ozzie Guillen, you know, first start managing the White Sox, a lot of people like, I can't understand a damn thing he's saying. I'm like, I get it. I understand what he's saying. With Biden, I'm just as lost as everybody else. I'm like, there's nothing to make of this. There is nothing that you can piece together and be like, okay, I understand there were some drop packets here. And let's let's recompile this and figure out what it meant to say. Because your brain can put so much stuff back together. I think we've all seen the little uh, text things that they show where if you just like change the letters on the inside of a word and you move them around, but you keep the first letter and the last letter the same, most people can read a paragraph, even if all the words are like that, because your brain will figure these things out. With Biden, it's there's something really, really wrong with the guy. I, I think that's actually how Biden thinks. It may be. It may be. <laughs> And I, I had one I had one other story to bring up before I, I quit ragging on the fucking Supreme Court. God, fuck those guys. God damn it. What the fuck? Um, and it had to do with a 2011 law from Kansas where they uh, they passed a law by a massive, massive majority, like 90 percent of both houses of the legislature um, decided that they wanted to require proof of citizenship to vote. Um, I only mentioned that because the Supreme Court this week completely struck that down. Sorry, uh, it is it is only a state's business how they conduct their election. If that state's business allows uh, invalid or illegal votes for the Democrats. Yes. And there was something I found out last night. I haven't done the research on this, but there was a guy from Nevada on Bill O'Reilly's program. And O'Reilly didn't know this as well. So, again, This maybe needs to be fact checked, but the guy claimed now that they changed the law in Nevada about a year or two ago that anybody that gets a driver's license in Nevada and illegals can get driver's licenses in Nevada. You are automatically registered to vote. So what Uh, do you think? California does that, too, I think. Well, I don't think automatically registering the illegals to vote in the I mean, maybe they do now. But where are we going with this? Because I don't understand any kind of fairness when you have people who aren't legal citizens, it's like voting. It's like, well, then why can't I go vote in, uh, you know, Mexico? Well, you you know why I can't vote in Mexico? Because they actually require ID to vote in Mexico. Yeah. Those horrible racists. Yeah, uh, be- because they care about the integrity of their elections, maybe. Yes, I think so. More than we do. But I do. Well, I mean, we as a country, not we as a podcast. Yeah, we as in the swamp creatures in Washington, D.C. Because fairness. I mean, I've never seen a society more convinced that you have to do a bunch of unfair and illogical things for fairness and logic. That that was, in fact, the ruling in the Kansas case was they said that uh, by requiring citizenship to vote, it violates the equal protection clause of the 14th Amendment. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that, that that was. And now, in particular, that ruling was from the 10th Circuit. What the Supreme Court did was they refused the case and let the 10th Circuit case stand. But 
the the result is that uh requiring proof of citizenship to vote violates the equal protection clause of the 14th amendment now remember this because even though it only currently applies in the 10th circuit it, it is in fact law of the land in the 10th circuit wherever that is somewhere in the midwest kansas i guess um that ruling is now going to be used everywhere that somebody wants to shoot down the requirements of idea. We we are yeah. going to be required to carry around some kind of papers, please, to prove that we got injected with some kind of DNA altering poison before we're allowed to order coffee at Starbucks. However, you want to vote? You got a pulse? Ah, not important. Just fucking fill this out. Make sure you check all the Democrats. I know it'll be pre-filled with the Democrats. Oh, right. Yeah, pre-filled. <laughs> just just put an X way. on this line. In fact, you know what? Don't even bother showing up. We'll just fill in your name. We'll it's all good. We'll take care of it. Yeah. Hey, you know what? You just you just sit home, watch some Netflix. We'll take care of everything. Yeah. It's, enjoy your bread and circuses. Yeah. The convenience right. culture. I, don't I enjoy know. the convenience culture. Uh-oh. Well, it's nice yeah. to enjoy convenience. They but the convenience, stuff, man. Like, like yesterday. Um, I was, I was doing some stuff on the computer. I didn't feel like getting up and Wendy's just brought me some food. Well, that was nice of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, okay. I think now, somebody paid for it, but <laughs> it might've been the I'm wife. not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to be so rude as to ask what you weigh, but you just admitted that you don't like getting up from the computer for th- basic things like food and that you eat at Wendy's. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> to be fair, Wendy's, when I was going through the issue with needing the gallbladder out the about only things i could eat were for fast food things wendy's the grilled chicken sandwich baked potato they actually have healthier choices than a lot of the fast food salads are not bad at all there until you put dressing on them and cheese and uh you know but what's not a salad without cheese yeah hello (laughs) and ham what the hell kind of salad are you talking about that sounds like rabbit food. <laughs> if you can see the lettuce, you're not eating a salad. That is correct. Yeah. But yeah, I, I get it with this, with the convenience culture. And that is exploding due to the coronavirus. I mean, even though restaurants are going under left and right, for some reason, they're still allowing the door dashes and the grub hubs to take their business and further destroy them because these are uh, companies I mean, sure, they'll bring the food to you and I, and we love that, although I've never used one. I've never used anything but delivery directly from a restaurant. So if the restaurant has delivery, okay. If I have to go through a Grubhub or DoorDash, have never used one of those, never will, because I know people that have owned restaurants and still do, and I know what happens when a Grubhub takes an order, which is, okay, if you got $100 in pizzas that you're selling, and Grubhub's the one delivering it. You're giving Grubhub about 33 bucks to deliver those pizzas out of your profits before Grubhub goes and gets a tip and does whatever for the people they're bringing it to. So those businesses are horrible. Before coronavirus, they were horrible for restaurants. Now, any restaurant still using those services, again, deserves what they get. Well, at this now, point, Rose, the- I ain't going to let this slide. I ain't going to let this slide. You busted on me for ordering some Wendy's and Darren uh-huh. O's over here talking about $100 worth of pizza. Well, I mean, not at once. <laughs> I, I okay. How do we know? <laughs> no, I'm with Mitas on this one. What the out. hell? <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm just saying, if you're a restaurant and you say, you know, say somebody orders I, for the whole, you know, whole building, you know, and they order five hundred dollars, they take. Am a I the third. only person who cooks food at home? 
No, I do all the time. I I, I fixed brown rice my, and pork tenderloin last night. My daughter cooks for us most of the time, but uh, we were all busy last night. So wait, okay, so, so yeah, your daughter you cooks. Happy. She does the editing on the podcast. It seems like this is some child labor laws. Should we be she pointing? She enjoys it all. Oh, oh, sure. And she that- will attest to that under oath. <laughs> okay one one person's child labor is another person's good parenting. Right. Yes. She uh she she got into cookbooks last year and do all got do all the chores builds character. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know, I wonder. Exactly. Yeah, I wonder how different the world looks to her because she's what ten? You said. Yeah, she's ten. And so, I mean, just coming up with this, I mean, is she totally freaked out by this virus thing or is this just kind of like, yeah, it's just a thing. She, she, she's seen the actual stats, um, because I presented them to her. Um, and she, she kind of, she sees that, yeah, it, it, it's bad for old folks and people who are infirm. But other than that, she just like this, this is a whole lot of hassle for something that doesn't affect me, uh, at school. Like all of her teachers are young. They're all in their early twenties, you know, low thirties. Uh, she goes well, the, to a charter school, so the the virus probably doesn't affect her, but the panic around it probably yeah, almost certainly she, does. She and hates. she's like, "This is so stupid," yeah. because she she's like, "We're already we're social distancing, we're masking, and now they're wanting us to put this uh, poison in our bodies." Now <laughs> it's like. The same thing. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm a semi-vaxxer. If the vaccine's been out for 15, 20 years, I got no problem taking it. But I, I, I'm, I, I don't have a, I don't have a general opinion on all vaccines, but uh, I, I am naturally a skeptic about everything. Yes. And there are lots and lots and lots of things that a rational person will be skeptical about, about this rollout. Well, for example, um, diabetes medicine metformin. I've been been taking it for a little while uh, because I overeat. Um, <laughs> and the at Wendy's, yeah, at Wendy's, uh, amongst others. And they came out uh, last year, or maybe early this year, saying that metformin has uh, high levels of a carcinogen in it. Well, and it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the drug. It was the way. It was the uh, the delivery system of some kind. Yes. And it wasn't and something in there. Yeah. It was, it was stuff that wasn't supposed to be in there for some reason that drug's been hit a few times. My mom has been on it for a couple right. of years and it's not the drug itself, the drug itself. Now that's the weird part about it. Cause when my mom first started taking my wife, started looking into it and metformin was kind of like looked at as a miracle drug, like, Oh, it stops the aging process. It does all these miraculous things. And then of course, well, no, wait, the, no, it's bad there. There's but it's not the drug itself. It's just the stuff that accidentally went into it, you know, with a coating or whatever they're using <laughs> accidentally, Uh huh. accidentally. <laughs> and and it happened to more than one yeah. manufacturer, which is also yeah, we, I hate we, that we, word. Accid- we accidentally changed the formula just enough that we could renew our patent. Yeah. I mean, but this is one of one of the drugs that. You know, our local Meyer store, it's like, well, yeah, if you have a prescription for it, you don't even need you don't even need insurance. It's free. They give some of these things away free. Some antibiotics they do as well, too. But metformin was on the list and it was a drug that was definitely being pushed for a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's like it's like four bucks a month for me or something like that. I stopped taking it, but um, because I've been using diet and exercise to keep my blood under control. But how dare you? How dare you take responsibility for yourself? (laughs) This is America, man. 
We're not supposed I don't to get do it. that. <laughs> We're not supposed to do that. We're not. Oh, oh are we stopping that? Are we not going to be taking responsibility? Yeah, I thought that was. Mm-hmm. So that was nice. the Biden thing. A hundred days to, uh, to 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 crash the country. Isn't that what he's going I've, for? I've, I've got a new mental disorder. <laughs> Did you? Well, I, I, I no, I, I read about it. Congratulations! <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, well, what what number is this now that you're up to? I don't think this one's in the DSM yet. Uh, this came from the Personality and Individual Differences Journal by uh, an Israeli uh, uh, psychologist named Rahab Gabay. Um, the disorder is called Tendency for Interpersonal Victimhood. And I wanted to read you some of the characteristics of it. Uh, um, It is, let's see, an ongoing feeling that the self is a victim, which is generalized across many kinds of relationships uh, or the tendency for some individuals to see themselves as victims, including in seemingly harmless exchanges, often leading to a desire for revenge against those who wronged them and a sense of entitlement that can lead to actual revenge behaviors. Um, they, they identified four characteristics of this particular mental disorder. Um, the first is elitism. They per- perceive themselves to have an immaculate sense of their own morality. Uh, the second is a need for recognition of victimhood, um, which you, know, uh, the third is rumination of past victimization leading to a decreased capacity to forgive. And the fourth is a lack of empathy due to self-centeredness. So there is now an actual name for what we used to always just call liberalism. I'm reading. I'm reading what you're reading. um, And there's a number five shortcut purple hair. If you're female, (laughs) (laughs) this all sounds like Trump derangement syndrome to me. I think this I've seen this behavior long before Trump, uh, but it definitely I guess I, I. the the very first article I encountered was one from from a conservative rag who said, look, they've diagnosed liberalism as a, a mental disorder. And I don't think they're very far off, but I wouldn't characterize it that way. I do, however, think that a lot of th- this is a touchstone of a lot of the the characteristics that we apply to people that otherwise known as woke uh, or the the kind of people who give in to critical race theory or uh, identity politics or intersectionalism all of this at the core the the core outrage for all of this seems to be the idea that everybody is a victim if they choose to be and and especially the idea that victimhood is somehow uh being a victim of something is is a a, a i don't know a um yeah, it's somehow good. It's, well, yeah. it's the, tough uh, with Leela. A um, virtue. I see this and some of like her friends will come over and whatnot. And I see that mentality, even in that age kids. And I'm, I'm making sure that she understands you're, you're not a victim unless you let yourself be one. And mm-hmm. as I'm trying to instill that in her at a very young age, because that was instilled in me. I was like, you get kicked down, yeah. you get up, you know, sometimes you got to punch somebody in the mouth afterwards, but you know, you get back up. Uh, I mean, putting aside crying. all of the, all of the destructive uh, emotional states that come from choosing to be a victim there, just the, the very idea that somehow being a victim is a virtue is 
so ass backwards. And, and I think that it's destroying a lot of people. Well, it anyway. is because it's, it's much easier. What's well, a much easier to say I'm a victim. And this is why the government has to provide everything for me because I, I got a bad shake. You know, I got a bad deal. This is why I can't, uh, you know, make enough money to feed my family. This is, I mean, you have an excuse for everything when you're a victim rather than looking around and going, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of people out there that uh, are worse off than I am and, and they're succeeding. So, uh, oh, yeah. Explain yeah. that. And, and I mean, the convenience angle, which is I'm a victim. Therefore, you do something for me in order to make up for it is, I mean, that's always the next line. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do for me now that I'm that you see that I'm a victim? Yeah. Which is, of course, pure selfishness. But that that's part of the self-centeredness. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen the spiral start too. it was on uh, one of the social media. um, Somebody I was friends with in high school. um, Always, you know, perfectly normal, fine person. And then posted something one day about she'd had a really crappy day, right? Something bad happened to her. And she got all these likes and sympathy notes, right? And then every couple of days, she'd post something. Any little bad thing that happened to her, she'd, she'd post and get all these sympathy oh. stuff. And then it turned into every single thing she posted was something bad happening, something like that. And she, <laughs> then she ended up setting up a gun, GoFundMe. Um, and it was, it was just this spiral. And I saw it happen real time. And it was amazing. You know, I wasn't going to turn this into an anti-social media rant, but now that you bring <laughs> that up, that's that's exactly what social media is doing. Yes. It, it's yeah. enabling this kind of behavior. It it's, amplifies it. Yeah, it's it, well, it, it enables it, it amplifies it, and then it rewards it. And with that, actual money. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. And, you know, that's but, the dangerous but people thing. don't need actual money. The reward from the vast majority of social media is the little dopamine Ding. hit every time you get when the Ding. light counter pops up. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's a real chemical dependency that social yep. media has people on. It is. And it, it, it would is. be one thing, you know, if you were a uh you know, you were studying and you just you've uh you know figured a cure for something. Well then you deserve a few likes, but when you're like when it comes down to Oh, I stubbed my toe. It hurts. Send me oh, money. I got, ex- I got an exit strategy. Yeah. Okay. We- you, you can code, right? I am not gonna, an exit I'm strategy. Gonna, no, no, yeah, you're my exit strategy. Here we go. We're going we're gonna to make an app, right? I get people into trouble, we're not gonna- out, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a million dollar idea. We're going to get people off of that dopamine hit. We're going to make an app that randomly, however many times a day, you get a, a notification, right? And when you open it, it insults you on one of the things that you're really sensitive about. So it's Twitter. So you start dreading the <laughs> notifications. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like Twitter, except for you can't block people that, uh, that it, it, it amplifies. Oh, the so it's Mastodon. Yes. It's, yeah, it's Mastodon. <laughs> Perfect. This, it's the troll room. This is sounding less and less uh, like a million dollar idea. No, no, no. We just, we just, and cause me personally, when I get a notification on my phone, I'm like, fuck, what now? You know, uh, I don't <laughs> oh, get yeah. a little dopamine hit of, ooh, somebody's trying to contact me or somebody liked one of my my toots. You know, I oh, get yeah, like, oh, I, sh- somebody's going to make the, me do something. <laughs> the few people who still the few people who still dial me on on the phone and make it ring and demand an asynchronous communication always get really pissy with me when they're like, well, you didn't answer my call. I'm like, yeah, because I was fucking doing something. You'll call back or you'll leave a goddamn message. 
asynchronous communication works because then when I'm not doing something, I can come back. I, I am not a slave to that stupid little device that's in the drawer right now. But don't you don't you really wish we were back in those halcyon days where only the uh, friends and family of a person got to hear their crazy theories instead of the whole world via social media? Well, no, because like, then I wouldn't I like be doing this podcast. <laughs> I just went on abs and a six pack and we talked about crazy theories for like two and a half hours. Well, yeah, that's all Chris does. It's fun. That's all. It I mean, was it's fantastic. <laughs> and you're like, I do need to get on that show. Yeah, I just he he needs to come up with a better pitch than than can you name porn actresses? Because, no, I can't. Can just, or maybe actors. I, I really I, yeah, I don't know what Chris I guess is I shouldn't. Into. It's OK. We don't want to judge. Yeah. I, I shouldn't. I, I don't judge. But it's fun. It's fun to do those kind of shows just to go in a completely different arena than you're used to talking about, which is why hog story is always fun. You never know where it's going. And uh, you got to you got to keep those kind of uh, fun things going and abs in a six pack. Well, yeah. OK, so you survived at least. And it doesn't seem oh, like yeah, you're in a fetal last. position today or anything. No, we had fun. It was that was really a fun show to go on. I mean, I'm, I'm still not convinced As he actually had this one. two other uh, co-hosts. <laughs> right. This one's completely different. And, uh, well, I mean, we're, we're continually or continuously morphing. I mean, we started out with the, let's do the one big kind of a uh, topic shows. And now we've moved into a little bit of a different format. Although I would say that that early library should be where people are going back. And uh, and doing more of the homework because we really looked into a bunch of stuff that wasn't based upon this is what's going on today, which once you run out of talking about the big topics, then you kind of start morphing into more of like what's going on today with politics, with the uh, with all the tech stuff. And I mean, Lord knows there's more than enough to talk about with what's going on daily. But, you know, we miss the stuff. We don't cover the same stuff that abs in a six pack does because they're like, hey, do you know, the government. People have been taking drugs so they can get into a fourth dimension and like talk to these alien beings that are like help. It's like cool. <laughs> I, I didn't. It, even, yeah, it was fun. We talked about the moon landing. Well, was there a moon the, landing? The what? <laughs> and how one hundred percent real it was? Right. You're right. right. Now with deep well, like, all, all you have to do is go back to the tapes that they recorded mm-hmm. and, and analyze yep. them. Right. Yeah. Deep fakes. That's all it is now. Deep, deep, deep fakes. You don't know who's saying what or when, which also is going to make all of this, you know, deep platforming or the social media scores. It's going to make this a lot harder because, you know, what's going to happen when you, you know, you have somebody that decides they really have an axe to grind against somebody. And I go, well, you know, cold acid. He's in the troll room right now. The only reason I bring up his name here. And he does that other rare encounter podcast with Abel Kirby. But hey, if you're missing out when we do the shows live, noagendastream.com is where you want to be getting the troll room. But it's like, you know what? I'm really pissed at cold acid for some reason. And I want to ruin his life. It wouldn't be hard to come up with a video that looks like he's doing some horrible thing and posting it online. Now, who's going to be the arbiter of that video was was this really cold acid that you know puppies or yeah youtube and we already know they can't even tell that fun fact friday is just trying to be like (laughs) here's some great fun ideas to do during coronavirus and they're like oh my god dangerous information and we didn't even say that on the show we didn't even say it at all we we just had a link to a site that had that word in the url you horrible person you 
I just uh. cold acid says I probably don't even have to fake that video. I don't know if you're no. kicking puppies. No, I've seen, I've seen lots of I've, <laughs> I've seen lots of videos. Of, I've seen lots of videos of cold acid going and standing in front of places and explaining why we all need to take his vaccine. Yes. Yeah, so, well, that's true. If you believe that the cold acid is Bill Gates and I've never seen him at the same place at the same time. I've so. never even seen them in the same YouTube video at the same time. Oh, that's a good that's a really I do good have point. a story from outer space. There's always stories from outer space. Aren't well, there was, a, you know, there's always stuff about outer space. Yes. Well, this one, this one came in uh, the at sciencealert.com. And, and if that web, just that domain name doesn't tell you that these people are, are a little bit of a chicken little organization, I don't know what does, but um, they are pointing out that. Um, over the last 50 years, the that Earth has changed the weather in outer space. And and the article has lots and lots of comparisons to climate change and how we're not just destroying the climate here on Earth. We're also destroying the climate out in outer space. And here's how it works. Um, over the last 70 or 80 years, we have been e- emitting uh, far more VLF frequencies. Uh, radio waves in the uh, in the what 10 to 100 kilohertz range whatever um, that are not generally created in nature and these VLF waves are pushing the Van Allen belts out Uh, now the Van Allen belts of course are uh, the the zone of radiation uh, just outside the Earth's atmosphere, that is the reason, for example, that that Adam always claims that nobody, no human has ever been to the moon because you would have to pass through this belt of radiation and it would screw you up. Now, we spent an hour on it on Absent Six Pack. Oh, did we? <laughs> we spent an hour talking about the Van Allen belt. Okay. And what did you figure um, out? Yeah. What did you learn? That shall burn and, you up. <laughs> okay. And. The the question is, um, are 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 you aware that the moon landing might be possible now that we've disrupted the Van Allen belts with all of our VLF radiation that we're putting out because sure. climate change? Yeah. <laughs> we need theremin um, music. Uh, we probably do, and this isn't the kind of of conspiracy stuff I usually bring. But the main reason I brought it is that I wanted to tell you about one of the coolest facilities that I I learned about while I was researching this. Which is uh, it, it is called a um, a valley antenna, and about twenty miles from me is a place called the Jim Creek Naval Radio Station. Um, this is a, a federal reserve owned by the Navy um, of about five thousand acres. They own an entire valley, and what they've got is they've got towers on each side of the valley. And they've got 10 cables run across the valley about 700 feet up and about anywhere between 5,600 and 8,700 to a mile to a mile and a half long across the valley. These cables, they just strung giant cables across the valley. Uh, why? Because that is the optimum antenna size for a VLF transmitter. And the reason for it is that, um, Regular radio waves don't penetrate the ocean very well, but VLF does. So they use this thing to send orders to submarines out in the Pacific. Nice. And and just the very idea, they they say it has uh, 
when transmitting, it pushes something like 200 kilowatts into these cables at, at, at 25 Hertz, 24.8 or I'm sorry, 24.8 kilohertz. And it, it effectively turns the entire valley into a giant monopole antenna that radiates VLF waves up to 9,000 miles away. Is that what's nice. turning the uh, whales gay? It might be. Is, it could be actually, you know, the article didn't uh, talk about uh, the effect on, on ocean life at all, but combined with the previous one, I think that uh, about 20 miles away in my County is the number one contributor to space climate change. Wow. So you, you're evil there on the left coast. Well, we knew that. They're putting waves in the air that's turning the whales gay. Yeah. And the space creatures, too, I hear. <laughs> okay, so no, maybe that wasn't worth the anal probes. Yeah, maybe man. that wasn't worth time on the show, but I was absolutely no, fascinated that's, that's, by the idea like of an entire mountain valley turned into an antenna. Well, <laughs> any creatures, you know, any plants, any anything that is in existence is going to change the world, the climate that it lives in. Now, the question is, for better or for worse? I mean, this is also the problem with all of this climate change uh, hysteria is these assholes can't even predict a storm, you know, within 24 hours. So I don't know how they think they know what's going to happen. You know, these concepts of, oh, the everybody's going to be underwater. It's like, well, is this happening at all yet? Well, no, the water's actually receding. Or, oh, you know, all the ice caps are going to be melted. Well, is that happening? Well, no, they're coming back. But, you know, it could happen. Uh, you know, well, it, I mean, eventually Dvorak's, eventually Dvorak's mud flats will be gone. He's no? been sitting on the mud flats. I've been listening to that show for 67 years. <laughs> and he's been, he's been talking about them mud flats. <laughs> they're right outside. Yeah. Right outside. I, I I, I I like the argument and I certainly like the idea of, gee, if, if, you know, global sea levels are rising, why isn't this underground? Um, but sedimentary deposition is a thing. And, and the level of the mudflats over a long period of time is entirely dependent on, uh, the amount of sediment being dumped into the bay from runoff from all the rivers and not necessarily global sea levels. I'm not worried about the coastlines. And the reason I'm not nope. worried about the coastlines is because banks are still giving out 30-year mortgages on houses right on the coast. Yeah, Obama just bought one last year, didn't he? So, so there you go. Oh, here's a fun fact. My older brother in Hawaii uh, trims the trees at Obama's place there. Wow. That is a fun yeah. fact. Yeah. And, and, and what day it's is it today? It's a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it's, it is Friday. We normally do the show on Wednesday. Oh, wait, oh. wait, this, is, oh. this has been misinformation oh. since day one. This has been a lie. We, Leela, okay, so David, here's our what element. are you doing? Here's, here's how we do it. Wednesday night, 7.30, we hop on Twitch. We do it live. We produce the show live. We've got our MIDI controller for the, for the intro and the outro and the voice effects and everything. We do it live on Twitch. And then Thursdays, we if we do need to clean up the audio or anything, we do that. Um, more. The last two shows I've done it, but normally she does it. And then uh, we upload on Thursday night and schedule the release for Friday. So the releases go out on Friday, but we record on Wednesday for uh, 
logistical reasons. That sounds way too professional. <laughs> Doing it live is the way to go, though. <laughs> we tried it. We did it uh, ahead of time, the first couple episodes. And then I was just like, this is just too much editing. And we were, I mean, we were taking way too long editing. And I was, I figured out how to get the sound effects to work in Reaper and get the MIDI controller hooked up. And it was just so much better to do a live. It brings more energy as well. Because what, when you know, I mean, that's not to say that there should never be any editing done. I mean, you can take that to an extreme in either way, but it does give you the opportunity to relax a little and go. Things don't have to be perfect. You know, I know I bring up Bill O'Reilly a lot, but even last night he was, he records his show. I don't think he ever broadcasts it live, but he records it live to tape and he's very serious about it. Just like the podfather is. Because he stumbled over his words a couple of times last night and then did a come on, O'Reilly, get it together. And leaving that in. People like it. Yes, because it, it humanizes you and they understand that this is just a regular person talking back. It's not getting too polished is also a bad thing. Yes, we we tried that with the first couple episodes and we got poked fun at by Dvorak <laughs> and uh, Kurt. What a- What a a bunch of dicks making fun of a little girl's (laughs) podcast. But we found we found that um, our our uh, we don't call them producers. We call them scholars. Nice. Um, Yeah. And some of our scholars were like, you know, we like it when you when you mess up and goof off. You know, it's it's more fun hearing y'all laugh at each other. Um, So just just let it be in there. You know, now I will cut out if uh, a couple of times I've said something a little across the G-rated line and she's like let's cut that out. So, you know, I give her creative control on the uh on that. But we normally just don't edit at all. I mean, just just to let you know, there will be a grumpy old Ben's donation to your show, the uh, first four-letter word expletive that comes out of <laughs> Leela and then uh, that would be worthy. <laughs> she is she will not. She gets on to us about about uh swearing. She she does not abide swearing. You're like, um, okay, what if it what if it was worth twenty five bucks for a little sixty second clip, huh? So <laughs> what you're saying is she wouldn't be invited on this show or she wouldn't <laughs> she wouldn't come on. She'd she'd come on. She'd just chew you out about it every time. Yes. She'd be yelled at. <laughs> you know, that might language, be good content. <laughs> yes. Language. She's she's a stickler about language and she's a stickler about um trigger finger position on a firearm. She, that is that's also she a good, yell at you keep, keep yes. your booger hook off the bank switch absolutely yes i mean which means it sounds like she's getting an education that not many children are still getting today because i mean you mentioned the other day that you even uh, teach the concealed carry class once yep. a month so i mean yep. you know your stuff mm-hmm. and you know most kids you know today when you bring up guns at all i mean if they're like the the you know their typical parents that lately it's oh my god guns go they're horrible they kill people and uh you know i don't know i i bought a new sig sour like right in uh, january before the uh you know before the pandemic hit so i haven't even been to the range yet to fire this thing off and i'd like to say it's been sitting in my office here within arm's distance in case anybody ever wants to come play while we're doing a podcast um but the guns never killed anyone yet i'm i'm surprised it just sits there and does nothing. And I don't know why. I thought it would be killing more people by now. But right, guns don't yeah. kill people. You kill people. Yes. Well, we we uh, rent out firearms to um, students who don't have them yet. And so we've got a tax written off uh, arsenal. 
Nice. Because it's uh, <laughs> it, it is a business expense because you know we have to have them for the class, right? And honestly, we don't use those. We we have our own, but um, yeah, but we've got a a pile of them sitting there. Um, now for students to use. Does she find like her average friends or like oh guns scary or is there the no? Same? We're in we're in rural North Carolina. Okay, so a little different than uh, so yeah. I mean, our neighbor two doors down skeet shoots in the backyard. Oh. Well, that sounds um, like fun. Yeah. And I mean, we, there's a very big hunting culture here because if there wasn't, the deer, um, would just, they take over the place. Um, and where is, I know, where is here? Here is, uh, we're in the Goldsboro, North Carolina area. All right. It's about, uh, you, are you aware of where Raleigh is? I, I'm vaguely aware that it's in North Carolina. <laughs> He's vaguely right, yeah. aware something exists on the right coast. Yeah, we're um, we're in rural area of eastern North Carolina. Okay. So well, I, I, North Carolina and rural are are pretty much. T- I mean, those tell me enough. Except for Charlotte <laughs> and Raleigh, they're they're, you know, where all the race tra- where all the race car drivers are. Yeah, well, no, I yeah, didn't the- mean to say all of North Carolina is rural. I just mean you're in a rural area. Yeah. For yes. for example, you know. I've always lived on the in a left coast state, but uh, I, I am currently in one of the urban parts of it, and I have also lived in the rural parts of it. And uh, the culture is far, far different than, say, between Seattle and another big city in another state. I mean, most people are amazed that you're not in a little cabin out in the middle of the woods with satellite internet. He does have a wood fired stove. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's close. That is close. It's a it's an interesting thing when you look at the way, you know, the different technological advances and uh, like, you know, central heating exists. And no, we could still we could still bring organic material into the house and set it ablaze. Yeah. Oh, I have to admit, if if bandwidth were not a concern, I would absolutely be living out in a cabin in the woods. In fact, from here, I can look out at the mountains and see where I would want to live. Well, maybe not dream. this close to the city. I, the I, 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 I hate living in an urban area. I hate living this close to everybody else as, as an introvert, which, you know, you might have figured out from this show, but I, I don't know. Uh, I am, I don't want to be on this tiny ass little plot of land in the middle of a whole bunch of people who are so stupid. They put fucking black lives Saturn or matters signs in their yards. Um, I don't want to be here, but the bandwidth is here and the up until 2020, it was going to be a bitch of a commute. Nowadays, if you know, nowadays, actually, bandwidth is your commute. So it's it's more yeah. possible than ever. But We've yeah, I, I would here, so. I, I would be living in in the woods somewhere in Wenatchee, Washington or something like that. If if I if I didn't have to commute somewhere and I didn't have to worry about internet speeds well you know first world first world problems i mean leela has grown up in this world where she's talking into a microphone and people around the world are listening which when we were all kids that was such a science fiction type dream that you know it's weird to have that growing up just being a normal way of life because it does seem so vastly different than where we were now do you think that is a better thing 
Or do you, do you think this is good or bad for a child growing up to have this kind of stuff at their fingertips? Because you're the only parent, so we're going to ask you the it's, question. Okay, so it, to me, good, good and bad is is all on how you play it. Um, you just have to make sure she has to worry about more things. Right. Um, just the permanence of everything that she does on any device is something that we had to have a long discussion about about two years ago when she first started chatting with her friends um, on electric electronic devices. Um, we had to talk about uh, trust, like the person you trust with something now, you may not trust in, in a month from now. You may not trust a year from now. And you have to assume that this person is not going to be trusted by you a, a year from now on any electronic communication, anything where there's a microphone or a, uh, you know, text box involved because they're going to have that proof. So if you're sitting there talking to one of your friends about, Hey, you know, this, this guy's ugly, blah, 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 blah. And you trust them not to share that with that guy. You may, they, you, you may piss them off. And a year from now, they're going to show that guy when you've got a crush on him because he got an ugly <laughs> and you know, <laughs> right. You have to, uh, you have to worry about anything you put into a text box on an electronic device is well, there forever. Yeah. And the cancel culture. I mean, if we haven't learned uh, anything yet, the fact that California, I think it's San Francisco is uh, taking the name Abraham Lincoln off of a school because, you know, he was a racist son of a bitch. I don't get, you know, how kids today, anything you do from the minute you're on one of these electronic devices or the minute you're being recorded is going to come back to haunt you at some point unless this culture changes. And I'm not seeing any I'm not seeing any movement in that direction as of yet. I think sanity will eventually have to prevail. But uh, I will say when Leela has her friends over, they when they go into her room, they put the devices down like they will leave them out in a separate room. They're aware that those mics are on. They're aware that the the advertisers are pulling their conversations in. They, they, all the kids know it's not just Leela because I've, you know, explained this to her. They're all very aware that those devices can be used as spy devices. See, that's and interesting. When they want to go and chit chat in the room and gossip. They leave them out in the kitchen. They sound more intelligent than their parents. Most likely. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I think that's actually a, a, a natural uh, kind of the pendulum swinging back is uh -huh. it humans. Humans are disturbingly adaptable and, and it's, it's probably the greatest strength we have as a species. It's also one of the most exploitable weaknesses, especially if you've got, you know, somebody that's boiling your frog with regulation, but uh, <laughs> people who grew up, you know, the, the really super scariness of all of these, oh my God, there's a microphone everywhere is is far more dangerous to people our age where we didn't grow up with microphones everywhere. And we actually grew up with this unreasonable expectation that we could walk into the room and have a private conversation and know that that conversation wouldn't be brought back at our Senate confirmation hearing 40 years <laughs> later. I, I want to say, wait, that would be the best television show ever. A Ryan Bembro Senate confirmation hearing. <laughs> so what you're saying is, what you're saying is, is, is when people can get together in real life and not use an electronic means of communication, then they can talk about things that they don't want to be heard by anybody. Right. But, is that what well, you're saying? Uh, it, 
if I so, want to talk so about something that I don't if, want it to be heard by anyone, I just say it on this show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God. So <laughs> I was talking to my brother about the, the electronic communications just being, that's all there is now. Like you can't just get together with somebody in a room somewhere because of the lockdown. Like well, you can't, people are afraid to come over and just hang out. But even if you do, microphones not rational people aren't afraid. But even if you well, do, yeah, you know what I mean? What are the odds that there's not a microphone there? I mean, you have to make a fully conscious effort. You know, you even do. if even if the house doesn't have any of the, <laughs> you know, the tube devices, the talking tubes, you have to make a very conscious effort to not have any cell phones or to turn them off or to make sure they're buried in a box under 14 pillows because those things have really good microphones. And, and that's what I mean. That's right. what I mean about it. It's, it's only dangerous to our generation because the younger generation are already growing up in it. it they, you know, people are not stupid, even kids. Uh, I mean, in some ways, um, people who grew up knowing that the walls are listening in everywhere know that if you want to if you want to have an actual private conversation, you've got to go in and sweep the room for bugs. It's not just for cheesy CIA movies anymore. And it, I feel like people our age, we did not grow up thinking that you had to do that. And that's why it's so frustrating hearing that, oh, you know, the walls are listening. But I feel like people your daughter's age, for example, are growing up going, well, yeah, of course, it's listening to me. And that's why if I want to talk, I either guard my words or I leave the device somewhere else. And see, that's the problem is the I have to guard my words in my own home. Oh, it's amazingly that's, chilling. That's what, yes. It, that's what it, it it gets me. Like every time I think about it, it really bugs the shit out of me. Well, it, 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 I mean, that's one bugs of many the, yeah. steps oh, toward 1984. <laughs> <laughs> My wife still won't read that. I've been telling her for oh. years. You need to read it. Every time she brings up something that's Ma- in the book that's currently happening, I'm like, you need to read 1984. She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> make her watch the movie. <laughs> well, that was freak. You're, you know, there's plenty of audio books as well. Turning it or, into it. or if if she wants a much shorter read that that also is happening, you know, but 1984 and Brave New World are are dueling dystopias that both seem to be coming true at the same time right now. But if you want uh, another dystopian story that's only a few pages, uh, go to Harrison Bergeron by Bradbury. That one is also extremely disturbing, but it's a short story, so it shouldn't take very long at all. Is that in the public domain? Do you know? Probably. You don't talk copyright with Ryan Bemrose. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you can talk a lot of things. Well, I'm just saying um, I, I might read it I, for one I, of I, the shows. Oh, <laughs> um, actually, I doubt it because I think Bradbury was writing in the 60s and 70s. And I don't think anything has come out of copyright since 1920. There are there are options at picking up just about anything for free. If you know yeah. about this thing called the Internet. Yeah, but if we're talking about reading something like an audiobook on a podcast, that's that's a little different than picking it up for personal use. Well, no, he was going to read it and then talk about it on his podcast. Oh, no. I think everybody should do that. No, I've got that's a short what I got. fiction podcast. See, uh, oh. I was going to read the story. <laughs> How many podcasts? Um, yeah. Publi- yeah, publication date 1961. How many different podcasts do you have? And I said Bradbury. It's Kurt Vonnegut. I'm sorry. <laughs> wow. Fact check. False. Fact check. False. Yeah. How many podcasts do you have? I mean, there's I've got 
Fun Fact Friday Meet Us Pod. Um, I've had for six or seven years, but I'm only on like episode 13, so I'm following the map with the map <laughs> model. Um, and of course, I met you. It's, it's basically just short fiction, science fantasy, science fiction, fantasy, and horror short stories. It, it basically, if I, if I find the story interesting, I'll read it on the show. And I've had professional voice actors and stuff on there, and but it's I get one out when I get one out. It's not like I've got a schedule on it or anything. Well, so soon, it, whenever you rub one out, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. The, the professional, the professional voice actors. What do you think about all of this stuff now? Like the uh, Descript website, and there was we talked uh, one of the last grumpy old Bens. There's a guy called the Booth Junkie who does a bunch of YouTube videos. Yeah, he's good. I like his stuff. Yeah, he puts out some really good reviews of microphones, audio gear, that kind of stuff. And his last one was just a warning to people that to be very careful about these services because and the whole video that he did was in his voice. And you could tell it was his voice. It did sound way more robotic still than that. It's not going to fool anybody. But the technology is very close to capture somebody's voice and then just type whatever you want it to say and have it be said. So, I mean, voice act, I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to be going, uh, going to be without a job because what do we need voice actors for when the technology is only a little bit further behind to do the, the video deep fakes? And I know we talked about that quite a while ago, how just freaky it was that Carrie Fisher was in the, you know, the Star Wars movie after she died. I mean, there's, they're just doing some really weird stuff. And soon technology is going to take the place of everything because you'll need no actual functioning human beings. We could just create all of your entertainment while you sit at home and hide from the virus. We'll just create all the entertainment and we'll just pipe it right into your house. You'll never have to leave. That's just people focusing on the wrong thing then, because I mean, I do the meet a spot because I like telling stories and I like meeting people who are voice actors and i like meeting the authors of the stories and i like meeting you know people who enjoy the stories and i can chat with them about it and if i'm just plugging it into a algorithm to create the audio what fun is that no you know, i like getting into the character and yeah um but can you be uh, a character that's like if, the uh you know the shane mcgowan talking about the fairy tale of new york the the Christmas song voted like the favorite Christmas song in the UK for like the last 20 years now being censored by the BBC because a character in the song says scumbag faggot, you know, they, the language is just not appropriate anymore. Well, yeah, But that character is meant to be someone you dislike, right? But how can we have any character like that? Then if, if any, any representation of that kind of behavior is now offensive, it's like, uh, do they not see what yeah. they're doing? These people don't understand. They don't understand you want the bad people to be in the light so you can see them and say, that's a bad person. Yes. Whereas if you make them all hide, anybody could be a bad person. Well, but, that's, but they're not going to show the you. Point. That's the point is that to way you can be afraid, afraid of, of everyone. If, if anyone could be a bad person, you know, if any single person out there could be an evil anti-masker who goes out and, and licks COVID in their spare time then you have to be afraid of everyone. And now it, if you, I, I'm, I'm, my sarcasm is, is going ahead of my creativity right now, but Hey, it's not the first time. It, I, I'm just, I am 
the the problem with the problem with avoiding anything that could be offensive is that humans are hardwired to take the most egregious examples of things in their daily life and find them offensive. And if you remove that, then the next iteration, something less is found offensive the next iteration. And pretty soon we're getting offended at people using pronouns. Here's a bad story. We need, we need to be offended. A lot of people need it. It, the everybody's evil thing. Um, (laughs) I was at the park. This is one of the local parks with Lila when she was about four. And, you know, I, I sit on the bench outside the little play area and Leela goes and plays and has a good time. Well, I'm snapping a couple pictures on my phone because, uh, you know, my wife is at work and she can't be there. So I'm snapping some pictures for her. And I had the police called on me. <laughs> nice. Because I, for, wait, I'm, 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 for, an, for, I'm, I'm an overweight guy. I'm not morbidly obese yeah. or anything, but I'm an overweight guy. I've got a beard. I'm bald headed. And I'm sitting there at the park snapping pictures of kids. So, so the, they poli- assumed- we, the police were called because they thought you were a pedo or yeah. because you were a yeah. terrible, horrible child who was letting your child play outside in this dangerous world. <laughs> no, this was six years ago, so it wasn't this dangerous. Was ago, so we weren't there yet. Um, OK, no, they, that would they, be uh, this year. They this thought they'd be like sitting there. OK, were you? And it was the cops. The cop came over and was like, I was like, what, what's you know, what's wrong? And he's like, well, they, you know, they wanted to make sure everything was all right. And I'm like, everything's fine. My daughter's over there having a good time. Anything else, officer? And he's like, these women. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because this it's is the kind irritating. of... Yeah, they don't want to deal with that. Uh, I mean, you have to respond to the, any of the calls, but this is... The, the reality of the situation is if there were multiple women around there, whatever, whoever called that they... You know, one, you're in a public place, there are other people around... Why, if they were really concerned, say, why they couldn't walk within 10 feet of you and just be like, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. And you'd be like, well, I'm here with my daughter. <laughs> you know, that, that would have been no, dumb. You don't, even, you don't even have to be conf- confrontational about it. It's like, oh, which one's yours? Yes. You know? Well, we're, we're starting to lose that ability, too, because I think that, the ability that, yeah. to communicate overall is being lost. That, that yeah, requires uh, you're attacking them, too. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, this is fine. part of victim mentality again. Yep. There's there's some nuances to interpersonal communications that are are being lost, especially in the Zoom world, and and the ability to non confrontationally find out if that's your kid or not is is not something I would attribute to most people anymore, especially not the kind of people who are loaded up with vocal fry and whose first interaction with anybody is immediately shrill. Yeah. So what's the answer? There's kill them all. Oh. Kill no, them no, all. Everybody, no, here's the answer. Here's the answer. I'm doing it right now. I'm sitting in front of my computer screen, my big, beautiful computer screen. I got a, a library full of video games and I got Wendy's on speed dial. See, there you go. <laughs> there's the answer. And that's not far off from my answer, which is all of these problems in the world. My answer is to sit here in my lazy boy with a cat in my lap, ranting into a microphone. Yes. It's safer than going and, outside. And twice a week, Darren records that. Right. <laughs> because we couldn't handle more than twice a week. <laughs> the, the rest of the time, I'm just ranting into the microphone. It's not on or anything. It, I've always wondered what a random thoughts would sound like with Bimrose. Just, <laughs> just, just Bimrose for, for an hour. Yeah, I, that's. Uh, I actually did that once. I sent it to the stream, but I never gave it to Darren because he would have published it. 
Yeah, there was one I missed. <laughs> I wasn't home when it happened. So uh, that it's kind of like the uh, Mark and George show, episode 24. There are certain things that are only on the live stream and then are never heard from again unless and and, and that sir bimrose has still has the recording of in his deep archive somewhere yeah it'll go into our uh, patreon uh extra content feed at some point i'm sure <laughs> yeah you think right <laughs> right but i mean that's uh you know that just there's there's nothing that, there's nothing part, part of the reason ranting. that that one wasn't released is because csb has way more influence over this show than than we would like and uh, i don't remember even remember what it was but like First of all, it was one of the few times I've ever tried to do anything on my own. And I go out on the stream and I'm just ranting. And the only feedback that I got the whole time was CSB on No Agenda Social going, <laughs> well, you know, Bemrose is terrible without O'Neill. He <laughs> he just sits here and, and lords over everybody that I was at Microsoft and you weren't. So ha, I'm like, I, he's <laughs> fucking totally missing the point here, but okay. CSB is the best. Yeah, I knew. I was going to say, I know I like CSB for a reason. This may be why. Uh, because he, he prevents me from posting things. Yes. <laughs> Bemrose, bad. Do not listen to Bemrose. No. I'm, think, I'm thinking about doing a solo show. I haven't got it, get it, got it all pieced together yet, though. So. They're they're fun. They're they're totally different. There's no question about it. And uh, they're they're hard to do live. I every now and then I'll do one on the stream, but they're harder to do live because you know it's a lot of it is pacing when it comes to podcasts. As we talked about, there's never a long silence even before we run the filters here on Grumpy Old Ben's. And when you're doing a solo show, unless you're doing a twenty minute show or so, then no problem. But if you're doing something that's 30, 45 minutes at some point, you're going to want to drink some coffee or tea or something or your voice is going to go. And then it's like, well, then you're going to have to go back and edit it or or you need to be a clip show, which uh, which would also work because then you'd have at least a little something to break the things up. But uh, or or jingles. Yes. Some jingles would help to do the Nick thing and play some music. Yeah, then you could do that. Well. Or you could you could just consider eating and drinking into the microphone to be good content. Right. And some people do. <laughs> Scott Adams, for instance. That's why he does. I'm, I'm convinced that's the only reason Scott Adams does video is so people could see him pick up the coffee cup and go. <clears throat> ah, good coffee. Oh, okay. uh, no. It, it, coffee didn't sound that good. Your noise gate was too much. <laughs> Damn. See, <laughs> the, when the noise gate does too good of a job. And I actually have two noise gates. I mean, I have one on the Motu that is just set at the most uh, hair trigger setting. And then I have the uh, the physical gate that's attached to the uh, to the microphone, the channel strip. So I've got I got it double gated, man. It's like you double bagging it. You always got to be safe. You got to be safe. There's no question about it. But the CSB is great. He is uh, he's an interesting <laughs> character. And so you want to do some more covid talk? Oh, neither do I. No, no COVID no, talk. I think, there. <laughs> I think we're done. I think I think I we're think done so. with COVID. Um, where I live, we there's like this. Nobody wears a mask here. It, it's it's amazing. Like unless you, it's part of your job. Do you know if like, there are any are any uh, homes for sale out there? <laughs> there's plenty. <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> actually, quite a bit. Um, but no, and uh, my you know Leela is like, oh, we got to wear masks because there's a mandate and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, sweetie. No, and then you don't. We go we go into the gas station the other day, and uh, I'm you know, I'm not wearing a mask. She's not wearing a mask. The girl behind the counter is not wearing a mask. And I look over, and I see the sheriff, and he's not wearing a mask. And he says, hey, so what's I'm going like, on? 
Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, hey, Leela, that's the sheriff of our of our uh, county here. So, well, I did want to. I did want to just mention uh, <laughs> another story that I brought. I, I I put it in my notes, which means I have to mention it. That's how this works. Um, Mossy Rock, Washington, which is a town maybe forty miles from Olympia, and so there- not far from. From Jay fucking Inslee. Is there one um, mossy rock in the uh, town or what? I, I, it is possible that there are some mossy rocks outside of town as well. But as far as I know, there's only one rock in the town that has moss on it. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, they, they passed an ordinance that says all local businesses are allowed to stay open. And what the governor says doesn't count. Um, I, I only mentioned this. There's really not much else. They had they had a freedom rally. The town has about 300 people in it, and they had a freedom rally of almost 800, um, which also, you know, of course, the the articles that I read, uh, every single <laughs> one of them, would, the articles that I read, every one of them interviewed every single neighbor who was concerned about, uh, well, these people weren't wearing masks. That seems to be the only thing anyone gave a fuck about in the media. But uh what it tells me is that um people are as 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 they should be getting sick of uh there's not really a pandemic going on but we're still having the lockdowns tightened and tightened and tightened and this was one small town who decided you know what we're 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 done with these unconstitutional orders from the governor and um i i guess the the reason that I bring this up is civil disobedience is the only way we're ever going to get out of this. If we don't want five more years of COVID lockdowns and uh, petty tyrants in each and every state unconstitutionally telling us what we can and can't do, we have to, as a society en masse, go out and just stop following the mandates. Go out, live your life without a diaper on your face, open your business. Go sit in restaurants at 100% capacity, whatever it is you have to do. There is no, you know, for, for a politician who started with two weeks to flatten the curve and the numbers didn't pan out. It's not, it's not that they're so stupid. They don't realize the numbers aren't going their way. It's that politically, there is no way to extricate themselves without opening up to having been wrong. And to a politician, that's the end of your career, which means that politicians are trying to cover their ass going. We can't open up because it's political suicide. The only thing we can do is keep everything locked down permanently until I retire. And, and I think that's what a lot of these governors are doing is, is they're like it's political suicide to open anything up, which means if I want to stay in office, I have to keep everything locked down. So my recommendation to everybody out there is go out, live your lives, take your fucking diaper off your face. And when your governor comes out and shrieks and goes, nobody's listening to me, more lockdown. And he you know, says, I'm sorry, but we had too many cases. And, uh, you know, and then they crank the, the cycles on their PCR test up to 90. Um, just ignore them. There's only so much they can shriek. And if, if you, if you did a good job of, of electing your local sheriff, then your local sheriff might have actually read the constitution and might actually realize that their goal should be to keep the community secure and not to enforce some kind of unconstitutional orders against a pandemic that doesn't exist. 
Well, so, the insanity is, is that masks do not work when it comes to what people think they do. And I think that's even more nefarious than anything else, because, I mean, the virus is real. People are getting it. But, yes, it's only like, what, 5% of the population so far has gotten it out in the wild. And, you know, that's a pretty low number from where they were telling us it was going to be a year ago. But I think it's higher than that. The masks simply don't work. And there was a study by some uh, universities that seemed to be quite legit that found that, I mean, again, they were. This is the paper mask, which a lot of people wear, the surgical mask, which a lot of people wear. If you didn't go out and buy, you know, a cotton one, which was never going to do anything <laughs> to begin with, because you're just basically putting a T-shirt over your face. But even if you got the tri-layer mask that they use in operating rooms, they found that once the mask had been worn for a little while, that it was a little bit soiled, it was you were actually more apt to get the virus wearing a soiled mask than no mask at all. So now you add a whole nother fun bit of math into this whole situation. Besides the fact that we can look at the stats where all these mask mandates went into effect, and then all of a sudden the cases rose magically higher and higher and higher. You know, I have no problem with people making these choices for themselves. Masks are not going to protect you. Telling people that the masks are going to protect you (laughs) is it should be criminal because I know a lot of these people are the ones that are like, well, I wore the mask and I went out and I I was perfectly safe and I don't know how I got the virus. Well, masks don't stop a virus. So I mean, I think, I think my favorite thing about that is when people actually go out and have mental breakdowns and feel shame for having caught a virus, like, Oh, I didn't do everything right. Yes. It's like, no, you did. They they, no, you, you, you are just a, a fearful idiot. That's all. And I mean, I get, People have to be smart and make their own decisions. My mom is going through chemo now. You She's 82 capable of that and these days? that she just had heart surgery and cancer surgery. It's like, I'm sorry. This is probably a year to skip everybody going over for Christmas because the virus is real. And I'm pretty sure if she gets it, it would be a very bad thing. So yeah, the, the virus is real, but the pandemic is not. And I, I need I need you to. That is the kind of thing that the distinction that a lot of people are not making. Right. Yes, the virus exists. Yes, there is a a China virus, a Wuhan virus, a CCP virus, whatever you want to call it, out in the wild. But it's a flu virus. It is very dangerous for people who are immunocompromised or have respiratory problems. And those people should take the same precautions they're taking every year at flu season. Um, this one is arguably has worse symptoms. If you are compromised already, it, it seems to more readily lead to pneumonia. Um, not entirely clear, but for everybody who has an otherwise healthy immune system, which by the way, is a lot fewer people this winter than it was last. Um, then it's, it's, uh, it's the flu and uh, yeah, you can decide all you want that you don't want to get it, but it's out in the wild. It's going to happen. And the only you, 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 you can't contain it. No, you Plus, can't contain a the, virus. All of the efforts to well, contain it are right. <laughs> well, no. I, okay. I, I hesitated there because it is theoretically possible to contain with lockdowns, but they would be even worse than we have now. And even now the effect of the lockdown is orders of magnitude more devastating on our way oh, yeah. of life 
than anything the virus could ever have done, even if the virus was as bad as they said. When this started, um, my aunt has been having heart had been having heart heart issues for about a decade. So she she was having issues and she was having to have this procedure done about every uh, three to four weeks. And when all of this started, the it, it was deemed as an elective procedure. So she wasn't able to get it and she was dead three weeks later. And yeah. it, it, I want yeah, elective- to, now she would have, she would have been gone anyway. It was a, it was a, she was a taken time mom, but the doctor who was in charge of the whole situation said that we would have had her for at least a couple more months, at least if she had been able to continue getting that procedure. Yeah. Elective in, in, in hospital terms, elective doesn't mean you don't need it. Elective means you get to schedule it. And so suspending all elective opera or, you know, procedures was it, it killed more people than COVID. I think that, that one step alone. And, and that's before you get to the, the suicides, the incredible rise in obesity, the, the, uh, you know, depression and mental disorders, um, the, and then your point about masks, of course, yeah, the, the simple biology, human body is designed every time you exhale, your body is getting rid of things that it doesn't want in there. Things like bacteria, things like carbon dioxide, things like, and then you're exchanging it for oxygen and things that your body does need. And every time you exhale into a mask and then inhale again, all the bacteria and toxins and shit that you were getting rid of because your body didn't want, you're pulling right back in. Yes. Right? Okay. And you know, One people the- are wearing these masks for days on end without cleaning them. Oh, yeah, I've seen some pretty crusty ones. Um, so the one benefit of the masks is that uh, you don't have to carry around a tissue anymore or a hanky. You're good to go. Uh, you just No, no. If if I need to blow my nose or something, just, I'm taking that fucker you just off. Do it. You just do it. <laughs> no, because I'm, I'm not walking around in a snot encrusted mask either. It starts dripping. Yeah, no. Fun fact Friday. Fun with snots. My, uh, my mother just had knee surgery. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and she was sitting in the waiting room with her mask on, and she sneezed. Oh right? God! <laughs> now hold on. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a, that sort of situation. But the girl behind the reception desk said, "Please cover your mouth if you're going to sneeze." <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's there, there's interesting stuff going on, and uh, hey, I'm just happy that. My mom thought her issue was something, you know, gastric, you know, having uh, not being able to sleep because she just felt a pressure, you know, but she thought it was just like acid reflux or something. But once it got to 3 a.m. the one morning, just told my dad, no, you, you need to we need to go into the hospital. And there's a lot of people, I think, because this was in the middle of covid that you're thinking, you know, maybe I should avoid the hospital. And. She had been, I mean, I don't know how much of the story you'd heard, Amitis, but she'd been very healthy. She's just turned 82 and up until this point, never had, you know, surgeries, was never sick. And once she went into the hospital in August, the long story short was, well, you have cancer in the colon, but you also need double bypass. And this is what she's going through now doing well. And I do attribute that to a lot of the uh, the producers of no agenda and everybody just uh, all the thoughts and prayers and health karma and all that stuff. I do believe it works, but you know, she was somebody that was always really healthy, you know, but getting up there in age. And I think there's a lot of people 
in her position there where it would have been like, well, it's just, you know, bad acid reflux. I, I won't sleep tonight. I'll be fine tomorrow rather than, you know, something's wrong. You know, a lot of people have had that mentality like, ooh, the hospitals are overrun with COVID. So I don't want to I don't want to go in. And I think that has to be causing oh, yeah. more deaths and more like you said, Ryan, there's the, you know, the mental toll of this and. People are pushing this stat and the stats aren't done yet. And I don't really believe this stat, like so much stuff on the Internet. The latest one that's kind of annoying is, well, there's not any more dead people this year than there was last year. And, uh, you know, is that is that really all that relevant to uh, to some of this well, stuff? It, it is just fascinating that COVID has somehow become a cure for so many other ailments like the flu. There have been zero flu cases this year. Well, yeah, the flu has disappeared. No, no, false. I just saw the CDC because I was looking it up because uh, I'm going to the doctor. God, why do you bring people who have actual facts to the show? I'm bringing a, I'm bringing a stat. I looked at it because she's going to hit me with the, do you want a flu shot? And I'm going to hit her with some numbers. Do you want a flu Um, shot? She always tries to pressure me into it. And, uh, I saw the CDC statistics, 11 flu cases. In the I, country, I, eleven. God damn it, Darren! Why do you keep having to bring people who have actual information? Which is really, seen, really, it's getting in the way of my pulling facts and stats out of my ass here. The flu is real. Eleven people have had it this year, out of three hundred and thirty okay. million. I, I have I have one other story about about COVID, and it has to do with Grand Col- County, Colorado which is a county of only 14,000 people. So it's one of those very, very rural places. It's got uh, more, more ski slopes than people. Uh, and the coroner, uh, the, this hit the news because the coroner of Grand County um, recently went on a, a bit of a rant. It turns out that since July of 2020, there have been five residents who have died of anything other than old age in the county. Um, and three of them actually died with pneumonia or, or, or some kind of respiratory issue as a, uh, so they, they are legitimately the coroner says COVID cases, but uh, according to the Colorado department of health, grand County has had five COVID deaths and she came up and said, well, excuse me, but um, these two people right here, they were killed by gunshots and they were COVID tested after death and got a positive. And somehow that counted as they were killed by COVID. Yes, they died with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's exactly the problem. The money has always been it. it is the moment that this whole thing started. Congress passed the massive aid package to any medical facility anywhere that has you know it's like $35,000 per patient who dies from covid and then suddenly hospitals were very very strongly incentivized to call everything a covid death and i don't put i i don't put the aspersions on the doctors per se but if if you look at medical statistics in in america the number of doctors has stayed pretty steady over the last 20 years and the number of administrators has gone up 400 percent or 4,000. It, it was immense number. The number of administrators and bureaucrats at hospitals far, far outweighs the number of doctors now. And when 
when a bean counter is making your medical diagnoses, and of course they're making this mm-hmm. by pressuring the doctors and saying, Hey doctor, you want to keep your job, go ahead and do what I say. What they say is that anybody who has been in the same wing of the hospital as a positive COVID test and then dies anytime in the next 20 years, that's a COVID death because we get our sweet money. Don't worry. Okay. The Biden healthcare will be great. Death panels yeah. for everyone. Just as long as or as if if we can spend 100 days where all of us keep the mask on for 100 days straight, no taking it off for bites of food, Gavin Newsom. Um, <laughs> and if we can all shiver and cower in fear for 100 days and shut down all economic activity and nobody eat or sleep or drink or go to work. And if we can do that for 100 days, then maybe maybe just once. A politician might keep their promise and we could be done with this. If you fucking believe that, then you obviously voted for Biden. Well, you also forget human nature, which is even let's just assume this was the deadliest of all deadly plagues ever to hit humanity. There would still be people who would not be following the rules. Put that in quotes. And there's there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, no. But but those people are absolutely essential to the process because. That's who the governors and and our our new president defect will be pointing to and saying, see, see, those people didn't mask up. And that's why we have to continue this lockdown and Uh the destruction of our economy for another two years or however long it is. They do 14 days to flatten the curve. Well, it is about the economy. You hit it right there. This It's all about the economy, not about the health of the of the poor slaves that live in your country, the great reset. We've heard all about the great reset on the no agenda program and part of the great reset. Well, not part of it. A vast majority of the great reset is economic. It is the transformation from a capitalist society to one where the governments control everything. It's the redistribution of wealth. And you know how you get that done when nobody can work and nobody can pay their bills. Who are they going to go to? the government. And once that starts, it's never going to stop. We've already seen that in this country. All of the people that are on the government aid, a vast majority never get off. It is not helping somebody get back on their feet, right? Yeah, the vast majority never get off. (laughs) It's it's a a addiction to the state is how I've seen it described Uh, because, you know, first of all, you you crush the economy so that people can't get basic needs by themselves. You offer an aid package. You give people massive incentives for getting on, on the, the government dole for, for becoming dependent on the government. Um, eventually you, you know, you, you can go ahead and stop the crisis at some point, but then eventually when everybody is completely dependent on the state, you can go ahead and back off all of the bonuses and aid packages and bring people just to the level of, of barely surviving because the, the peasant who is worried most about where their next loaf of bread is going to come from is not likely to rise up against the state. It's, it's insidious. And an amazing method of control. Well, it's true. And the uh, the feeds, you know, the amazing thing was on on O'Reilly yesterday, too. He talked about the fact the difference between the U.S. and the U.K. when it came to drug addiction 
And the UK almost has none. And his re- reaction to that, the response to that now, was if alcohol is not a drug. Well, they don't have enough money <laughs> to buy the drugs. So, I mean, yeah, there's alcoholism, but they don't have the money to be hooked on Coke and heroin and all this other stuff because they don't have the money. They don't have the money so the government can control them. It's like it's very clear to see. And it's interesting um, because I'm sure people will point to that and see like, you see, there's way less drug addictions and drug deaths in the UK. It's good that all these people don't have that money, that evil, evil money to spend. Let's talk about some experts. Yeah. Welcome to feudalism. Oh, you know oh, that part of the okay. show. Oh, oh, there is that part. <laughs> so, I mean, wait, does see, that, was, no, that means that I'm, I, I'm with two people that need to go to the bathroom at this particular point. Is that the. No, uh, I'm good. I already went. See, that's all right. That, well, y'all talk about some experts or, you know, whatever. I'll be back. <laughs> that's the beauty of um, the uh, the three person show, right? We, yeah, that, that, it was nice because you guys were really on about something. I was like, OK, I'm, I'm out. Um, I didn't remember what it was. I do have uh, it, we can go to the experts and I will even be here for that segment. I know that's really weird to some of our, our critics, but uh, I, I was told that that it's not a good look to uh, have to pee during an expert segment. Well, because these uh, are the people that are producing the show without them. There and, be- and they apparently get less value out of the show if if you're reading and I'm silent and I happen to not be here than they get if you're reading and I'm silent and I am here. To answer the troll room, Fletcher, yes, Ryan is wearing a show diaper now, but only um, on his mouth. Yeah, just not on my face. <laughs> right. right. Well, that, well. That'll never happen. Um, and uh, by the way, just, just to let you know, I do, in fact, have, have two tech stories. One of them's an I told you so. Oh, I like the I told you so's, but uh, let's go to the experts because we do okay. have, and, and we set the new bar, which was $50 and over guarantees you the executive producership. And we have two for this show. And so we just started that last show. So dueling hey, executives. Yes. Go team. I love it. Number one, though, already been mentioned in today's show. Comic strip blogger still coming in with the comic strip blogger donation, which is point zero zero three three Bitcoin, which when it came in, I think on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, when it came in, it was worth seventy dollars and sixty one cents. But this morning it was worth seventy seven dollars and forty two cents. So that's like seven dollars, almost an extra value just in a few days. And that's why we love CSB. We do. And I, uh, it's the only reason. But I mean, it's good enough. But this Bitcoin thing, I don't I, I don't get this Bitcoin thing. I, I never will. I, hello. There's a thirty three in there. What more do you need? That's true. Mes- message received. That is true. And uh, comic strip blogger says he has a uh, something new coming next month. So I'll look forward to uh, whatever that is. <coughs> Excuse me. He's he, he's going to he's going to get an art hat trick. It may be. No, he has a, a new uh, a new artificial intelligence thing coming out, some new project he's launching. I mean, I told him we would tell everybody to go to comicstripblog.com, and he said, no, that's not necessary. This is just for the show. But my wife, I, I, she, she reads his website. She likes his uh, little quirky uh, cartoons. So I, you've got uh, at least a one fan with my wife, CSB. I'm I'm a little confused about what, uh, like, is is he writing an AI for the show? And which host does he think that he's going to replace and how concerned should I be? I mean, probably very. If he's if he's trying to replace you, I don't know if he uh, can you can you write a uh, Membrose AI CSB or is this is this something different? I don't know what kind of AI it is. I'm going to argue that I'm way too advanced to be replaced by automation yet. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> we could uh, 
we can I'm, get there. I'm CSB's project. Oh, are you? Yep. <laughs> oh, well, that would make sense. <laughs> so he's, he's more advanced than we thought he was. <laughs> but thank you, CSB. It is greatly appreciated your support. And also coming in at 50 bucks, our buddy Srinivas Murti. And I know, I know Srini, I think is right. I always butcher the name, but he always tells me he's going to send in, you know, an audio clip of him saying his name, but I think he likes me struggling or maybe i'm getting it right and he doesn't want me to know i'm getting it right but either way well i for one really enjoy when you dvorak everyone's name <laughs> yes well i it's kind of the uh you know I, i'd like to say that it's uh, just shtick but there's names are hard because a lot of times they're not pronounced the way they look or there's you know people say things like, in different like ways. Leela, right Layla, <laughs> Layla, and Leela, and uh and yeah. i I heard audio the other day on because I ran into another, uh, you know, there's always these other Darren O'Neill's out there and a lot of them don't know what their email address is and that. But, uh, you know, one of them had an audio of something they did. And there this was the one from at least one of them that was from Ireland. Like I said, when we went to Ireland, the one time when we got called, you know, for a table or something like that, it took me even a minute because you, you gave the name. But and this is how this guy pronounced it, too. So, I mean, I know there's different, uh, you know, variations of the accents and of the, you know, of the different language. There's, you know, different areas of the same language sound weird. But the way they said the name was Darn on Isle. And it's like, what? That doesn't sound anything like the way I would say it. But it was like Darn O'Neill. Oh, yeah. Darn on Isle. Darn on Isle. Yeah. I mean, it's like it broke my brain. So it's like I can understand this. There's no stick. There's just names are hard. And uh, sometimes we get them right. We try to. Other times we don't. But uh, thanks, Srini. And well, coming in. Also, however Darren pronounces your name, we we absolutely appreciate our experts. Thank you. Yes, we do. And we also have a, uh, a subscription coming in today. A cold acid. Ten dollars from that guy. He sounds like Bill Gates, but he talks a lot about. But anime he's not spreading the money out around like Bill Gates. Yeah, I mean, if that was a oh. Bill Gates, I mean, instead of ten dollars, he'd be like ten million every show. So uh, we kind of wish you were Bill Gates. Uh, Don't forget yeah. to capitalize <laughs> the C on that. Right, he loves when you capitalize the C. Which yes. one though? Or and, just the and, second C? And and also call it Cortese. Yes, he really likes that. He's from Cortese, which is up in Canadiaville, which is our neighbors to the north. I liked that uh, there was an old map uh I, I forget what it was from but sir matt you my map yes maps with matt he uh posted this map that was showing uh you know it was one of these imaginings where the west coast was all part of something else but uh canada was labeled in this old map as barbarians <laughs> i just thought <laughs> That was uh, <laughs> that was fantastic, and I mean, so cold acid. It's this definitely is, a barbarian. This is this map is from 2016. <laughs> I don't remember the. Well, I wish Sir Matthew. I mean, we. I see Carolyn Blaney in the troll. What was that map from? He was showing it on Hog Story last night, and I was like, he's like, well, yes, the Canadians are. They, we are. You know, we are barbarians. Wait, Hog Story has video. Well, they, in the troll room, in the in the hot oh, story chat room, gotcha, they gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. they uh, they yeah. linked into it. Uh, um, it was if a w- you want okay. if you want a dark secret, you can go back and and review all of that. In uh, you you would have to sign on to a proprietary communication service, but their Discord uh, has. If you just scroll back, you will think, see I the entire show Discord. worth of worth of shit posts that they drop into the troll room. And yeah, the, I'm on their I'm on their Discord. 
The beauty of having the live troll room during the shows. Again, noagendastream.com is Sir Matthew. The mapper is in there and he says it was a World War One map made for Life magazine. Propaganda to show what the Germans would do to North America if they won World War One. So if the uh, Germans would have won, the barbarians would have been up in Canada. I mean, or or where's the map that shows what the Chinese would do to North America if they won? It's all just going to be KFCs. Oh, wait, then. that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. KFCs are going to be everywhere. It's Chinese chicken. Trust me. But <laughs> we appreciate the ten Chinese chicken the other day. It was pretty tasty. Well, yeah, I, I like this uh, stuff from uh, that. We get the frozen like fried rice, but it's been out for like weeks. There's weird stuff that the supply chain is uh, breaking down on right now, which I, I kept thinking this was going to get better. You know, once things kind of normalized into this, uh, you know, whatever's going on, the non-pandemic. But there's still weird stuff that is out of stock at the store. I mean, and don't forget cold acid, his $10 donation. I mean, we should mention he does a podcast with Abel Kirby, who uh, they, they talk about weird. Who doesn't it, donate? Is that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have we seen Abel. I don't think Abel. Actually, Kirby's I don't know. A, yeah, maybe. I don't know if he's not an expert. He should be. I mean, cold acid making him look bad. But they have a podcast called Rare Encounter. You can find it yes. wherever fine podcasts are sold. I mean, they, there's really and, no. And I, I, I hope he's not listening right now because I'm about to say something nice about Rare Encounter. But uh, one of the coolest parts of that show, if you can get past all of the anime talk and the Bill Gates voice and everything, is they do a rundown of what happened this week on every other show on in the No Agenda community which is is really it i think my favorite part about that is is hearing the cold acid enable kirby take on here's what was talked about on random thoughts here's what was talked about on grumpy old bins here's what was talked about on hog story and just just hearing that rundown like i i would I would love for that rundown to pull out and become its own podcast but right now if you fast forward to the anime parts it's good yeah so they're like the gitmo nation news service Oh, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a really cool feature that they brought into their show, and I hope yeah, none I like of them that. are listening. Like well, they're like Fun Fact Friday. The uh, Leela, yeah, they've never did- mentioned. They've never mentioned that. Oh, <laughs> they're like Leela's great, but the guy she does the show with, he's just so out of touch. I don't know. I don't know what Fucking we're going to boomer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, nobody over ten years old should be allowed to podcast. I think that is uh, that will be a law. Well, I think I think we're proving that. Yeah, that will be a law at some point. And we also have a new five dollar Patreone, and we'll mention that to Stephen McConnell. Welcome to the cult. And we mentioned all the people that do the Patreon thing when it comes to the first show of the month, and that way everybody gets mentioned at one point because those are at various times. But Metis was a patron, and he he dumped that to go the route of going directly through his bank like Progo does. And this is also what Sergeant Fred does coming in with the checks. And those are appreciated because as you know, me just from doing a podcast, Mm -hmm. Patreon takes money. PayPal takes money. Any way you're doing it, that is with a middleman and a check. There is no middleman. Your bank just writes a check and sends it out. And the show that you are helping out the show that you are donating to gets every penny that you sent so that is and it don't even cost a stamp yeah does it i know it's weird my, when that all first started i remember my mom like well how does that work I, it's like, like i don't know the bank's sending it out so they're taking a hit but you know they're the bank 
So they, it's not much of a hit because they no. they definitely are operating in bulk. Yes. Well, yeah, they they get cheaper, but you know they are actually printing a check. They're putting it in the an envelope that for- there's postage and all that. And uh, but it's a great way if you have a if you have the ability, like we do on the, on the podcast that we do with the PO box. The same thing with no agenda. And I mean, sometimes it takes some previous knowledge. I mean, I find when I donate to no agenda, it's a last minute thing and you want something maybe mentioned on the next show, but then you realize, yeah, okay. If you send them a hundred bucks, PayPal's probably taking what five bucks or something out of that where, you know, if I would have just sent the check, they would have got all hundred bucks. And, you know, it seems small, but it really adds up, especially on a show like no agenda where there are so many people. I mean, I know it's a horrible thing to be like, man, so many people are donating and, you know, PayPal's making so much money. But if you really want to help your favorite podcast out, if they have a snail mail address, that's the way to go. Because the value for value model, which we work on here, which I think you do on Fun Fact Friday, which almost every show on the No Agenda stream works on. We learned it from Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak, which is you do the show. You put value out there in the world, and then you hope that if people got some value from it, especially at this time of the year, the holidays and all that, you're feeling jolly. You got some value from Rare Encounter or Grumpy Old Ben's or Fun Fact Friday or Billy Bones or Walk Through the Mind or Nick the Rat. Well, then you show some value back. Monetarily is a great way to do that. And if you want to help out with Grumpy Old Ben's, GrumpyOldBen's.com, all the information's there. If you got any value from any of those shows, then feel free to donate to Grumpy Old Ben's. <laughs> right. Yes, yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> and uh, and we will pass along your comments to them, but none of the money. No, <laughs> that's it's not a, what we do. That's we our, have a 100 percent finder. It's, yes. it's a 100 percent service fee. <laughs> we work on a completely different system when it comes to that. But hey, everybody's got their own thing. But you said you had some tech stories. But thanks again, everybody, for helping out keep the lights on the microphone sounding good and all that stuff because uh i mean i think we do have to bump up our uh our plan with our host because uh the traffic is just hitting it a little bit too much for the uh for the seven dollar a month or whatever plan that we're on uh, you all use yeah um <laughs> it's uh it's getting bigger it's getting bigger and bigger i mean i think we hit over um, um a terabyte the other month so i mean it's uh i i, I feel like if it's been what a year and a half and i feel like we're outgrowing our initial hosting plan is actually a good thing despite yes. the fact that it it really means that that we're going to be outlaying more of our more of our donation money is going to go toward hosting but it what it means for you the listener and expert of this show is that uh we you can be sure that you will be able to download this and it won't take 20 minutes per episode to download uh that's the service we provide there's also the the motivation for the host you know if if you're doing this for a year and you're not seeing any growth and you're out there putting putting your all into it like i know you guys do um (laughs) uh that is true yeah so you're putting your your hard work into it and then you're not seeing any growth whatsoever you start to get discouraged and you're like well you know nobody's even listening you like know, I'm, so, I'm ranting all the time, and nobody's even listening. Why am I even recording? Right. Yeah, yeah and, but it's a good problem to have that your bandwidth is getting too high. Unless, yeah, 
it's just some bot downloading everything and, and you're not getting any value for value back. Right. Oh, that's but a terrible thing to talk about cold <laughs> acid like that. <laughs> we've bot. got pretty good. Um, we've got pretty good uh, donation um, participation for the number of downloads we get versus the number of dollars we get. It's, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, they're ratio. usually about 1%. Well, Adam Curry is right there. But I can give you our uh, so far for december or well no this is including where we are up until now in december for the year we have served out six thousand nine hundred and thirty gigabytes of grumpy old ben's goodness wow so over six terabytes almost seven terabytes yeah we're closing in on that so uh it's a pretty good year yeah that's, that's pretty good i mean last year was a little slower but then again we it wasn't a it wasn't a full year of grumpy old Ben's because we started in April was right where this started last year. Totally. We did a uh, 1600 gigabytes. So uh, a bit of a jump. So I pulled two tech stories just to make nice. sure this wasn't a pure rant show. Um, the, neither one of them is all that deep, but uh, one of them is a huge, I told you so, uh, which I, I'm not the only one that told you so, but I did. And, and I will totally take credit for this. And you want us um, to know. The uh, Australian, I can't find the name. Why? Okay, I should have written down the name of the spy agency, but a spy agency in Australia um, has, day, been, has been caught by an audit, uh, quote, incidentally collecting the uh, all of the data, uh, all of the tracing data from the COVID safe contact tracing app. And uh, accidentally storing it in the same database as all of their uh, wiretaps and other uh, not not entirely criminal um, data collection efforts. Um, so accidentally, yeah, they they call it incidentally collecting. What that really incidentally does not mean accidentally in this case. I uh, what it means is that they were scooping up giant collections of data and uh, among other things, they were pulling it from uh, other government groups, from databases that they had access to uh, from collecting people's phone data, uh, you know, from, from the Facebook SDK, whatever, however it is that they get data, they were scooping up as much as they possibly could. And Oh, by the way, the COVID safe contact tracing app data was stored in the same place. And that's what they mean by incidental. Uh, it does not mean accidental and it does not mean they didn't mean to. And in, as a matter of fact, um, you know, they say we collected this in the course of lawful collection of other data. And, um, they technically it's against Australian law for them to have that. So they said, well, uh, agencies are taking active steps to ensure compliance with the law, which uh, I think that means giving press conferences. Um, and yeah. they said, are they deleting that, all the data? Well, they said that the data would be deleted as soon as practicable, which I assume means that uh, they will delete it once they are absolutely certain that they don't have any possible use for it. Now, once they've, they're done backing it up to a different system, right. they're yeah. going to delete it from the first system. So they can say, yeah, we deleted exactly. that. Exactly. In fact, they'll reboot the system. It'll be completely deleted from memory. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you think for even a moment that the Australian spy agencies or Australian government isn't keeping every bit of information about every single person that you have come in contact with or walked by on the street, then you are very naive. Because Australia was just caught doing this. However, 
every single one of you who is walking around with a tracking device in your pocket that you put a contact tracing app on or not. I mean, you don't need the app. If, if you have well, the cell phone, that's enough. Yeah, that's, that might be. Um, you, you, well, when Google and Apple started pushing pushing this thing, and you know, Google and Apple were both saying we're we're going to pop notifications up on everybody's phone, saying that you need to download our contact tracing app, and uh, this thing is creating tons and tons of data about everywhere you're going at all times. Uh, the the Google and Apple ones actually take some care. To try to not violate your privacy entirely, um, but they're still violating your privacy a little. There's lots of municipalities like uh, the UK uh, uh, NHS app, uh, for example, which instead of of just kind of collecting Bluetooth, uh, the the Apple and Google version will will use Bluetooth near field and and collect anonymized numbers to identify who you're connected with. So that you can follow that chain if you want, but it's not all, you know, you, you would actually have to maybe do a little bit of work, sick and AI on trying to deobfuscate and de-anonymize that data. It's, it's really not secure anyway, but they have to do a little bit of work. Uh, other places like the NHS app in the UK where, uh, the app simply says everywhere that you've ever been, all of your, uh, geolocation points are all being sent to, uh, a common database somewhere and, uh, the Australia app also, it was not the Apple or Google one. Uh, the Australia app was, we're going to collect all geolocation data that everywhere that your phone has ever been the entire time you're out moving around and send it to a central database. Um, Which all well, phones I, do anyway. I guess that database is now in the hands of the spy agencies and you can totally trust the government that they will only use that for covid tracing and not for any other nefarious purpose that involves keeping tabs on every single person in the entire country right because that that you can't that data's already been there now they're just like oh well well, well we're just going to use it for covid just because you know national health emergency yeah so, we're just like they're only gonna only gonna do the social security thing for a little while they're only going to charge tolls on the Right on the bridges for a little bit just to pay for it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. D- two weeks to flatten the curve. Two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, half life so, will be coming soon. I'm, I'm, I'm far from the only person who made this prediction, but gee, uh, you know, I am Jack's total lack of surprise. The government is taking all of this data that they collected for one purpose and using it for whatever the hell they want because that's really what governments do. Well, they so, must make the people comply. Uh, the other story I had um, was this one actually reminded me of it. And, and I went back and looked at it. I, uh, I, I looked for it, um, but unfortunately, it wasn't in my show notes. So I want to say it was around show uh, 12 or 15. You brought a story about uh, a number of stories back then about various ways that data could be exfiltrated from a system through an air gap. Yes. And. And this one, um, I, it caught my attention because it had the name AirFi attack. Yes. Um, which is using Wi Fi with a machine that doesn't actually have Wi Fi. Yes. So you deploy a particular program on, if you can get it, obviously you have to get a program on the machine, but it doesn't even need admin. Uh, what you do is you access memory at a, at, at a very specific frequency. You access memory at 2.4 gigahertz. 
and you cause the the DDR SD RAM to vibrate to to have basically the memory bus is moving back and forth at 2.4 gigahertz because that is the rate at which you're accessing it and then you can attach your payload in by modulating that signal with very specific uh software and the result is that your DDR SD RAM bus becomes a Wi-Fi antenna that can send data out of your system that can be picked up with any nearby device that has a Wi-Fi, uh, uh, Wi-Fi connection, yeah. phone, whatever. And this this stuff is genius. The people that come up with this stuff amaze me because I am. This is one thing that I've always been really just enamored with. This this is like the ultimate spy stuff. Like this, you know, the government, and we're seeing what's happening when the government actually attaches crap to the internet. You know, this is what's happening with this solar wind stuff, but. You know, this is we've done everything right. We have a computer. It doesn't have any Wi-Fi. It doesn't have any Bluetooth. And it's like somebody that knows what they're doing is making the memory modulate and send out a Wi-Fi signal. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I would argue that if you are running malware on the system, you're not doing everything right. Yes. But this has this has a real concern for uh, places where you're air gapping it because you are trying to run something untrusted. Um, security research is a place where you do that a lot. But if, if you need to run something untrusted and you decide to air gap the computer, take, turn off or, or disable or remove any, any radios in the thing, make sure it's not connected to any network. And you're like, okay, this should be totally secure. And then you run somebody's program and it's like, let's scan the hard drive and find some sensitive data and then send it out over Wi-Fi sent by your memory bus. That's what I, you get for having RAM in your computer. Yeah. How dare, yeah, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I have little I have little ants that carry the the bits and the bytes back and forth. They're super fun. Oh, there's all kinds yeah. of exploits for that. <laughs> yeah, ants have trail. a ton of vulnerabilities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just gotta pour a little sugar in a straight line to wherever you want them to go. <laughs> you know. Well, Spiders, this- for example, big ant vulnerability. <laughs> but this is the same this is the same Web thing. Crawler. Yeah, this but this is like the mask thing. Because people think, well, it's an air gap. We don't have Wi-Fi, so we're safe from it. And then you get complacent. And uh, you can't yeah. be complacent with computer how, security. How how can don't you not send- be? If, if you're yeah. air gapping your computer, it's getting to the point you have to put in a Faraday cage, too. Yeah. Don't sensitize. Don't digitize sensitive information. Yes. <laughs> or the <laughs> votes. Yeah. Or your voting information. Uh, yeah. There, there's so much stuff that was just better. With the old I, system. I've, I've never used a voting machine that didn't have, I didn't fill out a, the way ours work here in North Carolina is you fill out a paper ballot and you manually put it into the machine. Yes, the and scanner. it counts it as valid or not. And then they still have, they they keep the paper ballot. I've never, actually, I've never used a touch screen or anything like that. Same here. Uh, but they're, I, they're I don't think I've used a voting machine in 15 years. Well, yeah, you vote from home, which is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and, this, then, and then I just trust all of our local Wendy's. bureaucrats. Yeah, yeah. How lazy, man! You won't even go out and vote, you Seattleites. Well, um, I, I actually, because I don't trust USPS with my ballot, I go out and and take my ballot out to the drop box at the local courthouse. But that's about as proactive as I'm allowed to get. You know, and it does it does bring up that interesting point that almost all states have laws about. Who can be within X amount of feet of a polling place on the day where people are voting? So you cannot 
you know, unfairly or whatever, influence somebody's vote. Well, when everything's mail in, that disappears. So why are those laws important? Why do we even have those laws that you can't be near a polling place when the push is now going to be? Well, everybody could just vote from home where there you obviously you don't have this law. Are you well, asking or do and, you know already? No, there. I don't. I'm asking because <laughs> I don't understand the logic. I mean, if you don't even need ID or anything, I, why are why are we even bothering with paper? I mean, in if we're not allowed to require ID and we're not allowed to question what the partisan bureaucrats are doing, then why, you know, pure convenience. Why do I even need to vote at all? Why can't I just go into, go to the internet and check a box that says, you know, yes, I'm a Democrat. And then the box is, I don't even get a ballot. They'll just, they'll just put down my name and say my vote accounted for all of the character. I mean, it's just a convenience thing. If my vote doesn't count anyway, because you're changing it or filling it out, why do I need to even participate in this process? You don't. I think everybody should be able to vote as Perfect. often as they want through the tour system. I, <laughs> now you're thinking like a Democrat. <laughs> well, let's see. The United <laughs> States got 14 billion votes last night in the election. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what's going to happen in, uh-huh. in, yes. in, in 2022 and 2024. The the Republicans are finally going to glom on to the idea that even the Supreme Court is totally okay with rampant, widespread and blatant election fraud. And now both parties are going to do it. And the only people who can lose in this are the voters because actual people voting your vote doesn't matter. No, it's really just a matter of who controls what (laughs) machines and. And suddenly Grand County, Colorado, which is probably, you know, 15,000 people and probably all Republican are going to come out with 2.7 million votes for Trump when he runs in 2024. And the Supreme Court will clearly be fine with that because they think it's okay for states to certify whatever the fuck they want. Right. As long as there might be riots. But as long as as long as as long as the the heck, I hope there would be riots. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's all entertainment anyway. I mean, I could write that bot. That's what I did. May have mentioned that before, back when uh, working for a couple of a country music artists, there was a show on CMT when it was at the kind of at its beginning, you know, country music television, where they had a show where they would let people vote on the interwebs about what videos they were going to play during the show. And they were using a system that wasn't their own this is kind of like the same argument i have with the government using all this stuff like from microsoft they were using a system to take the votes that they just bought off the shelf from somebody so once i figured out whose software this was you know i got a trial of the software and saw where they put the results and i'm like well they couldn't be that stupid where they wouldn't even change that but no i saw the results page and was then able to figure out that as long as the string in your browser, which, you know, the the thing they send to identify the browser, as long as that was different, it didn't even have to be a new IP address. As long as it was a, it was a different browser string, it would take the vote. So I wrote a bot that wow. would that would take, it would vote <laughs> and then it would change the browser string manually and then it would just go vote again and then it would do sure. this. And I could see the votes. I could see the total. So the first couple of times I just snuck a very obscure video that was never going to get voted on 
in and they played it. And then after a few times, they must have figured out they were being fucked with because then they stopped using those results entirely. <laughs> and yeah. it, it was over for the show. But uh, it was it was I interesting did, to see how that all worked out. I've got a Twitter bot now. Right. I'm sorry. Do they have you seen a doctor about that? Do they have some yeah. kind of cream or? <laughs> well, I've got the I've got the radio stream now. And I've just got podcast and music on, you know, random rotation on it. And, uh, Twitter has meta tags you can put on your site and it'll pull in, um, what, you know, whenever the song changes, it'll pull it in and you can actually play the stream directly from the tweet. See, we could, we pretty could, that's pretty much like Doug then for Twitter. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like yeah, Doug for Twitter. Like and I've also got one for the discord. So whatever is playing pops up whenever the song changes. So. See, now that might actually get more people on the stream. Let's do that. Your, your bot story reminded me of, of one that I used to do with uh, uh, Bing Rewards was a thing that Microsoft used to do uh-huh. in order to try to get. They, they wanted to get more people to use Bing. They were trying to get market share away from Google. And so they said, well, if you sign in with your Microsoft account and you perform at least 10 Bing searches a day, then you know, you, you build up, if you've done enough searches, then we'll give you some rewards. And, and the, the reward I always went with was a $5 Amazon certificate, which you could get at least about once every two weeks. I'm like $5 every two weeks for, you know, what I'm doing anyway. Okay. Right. But then, um, what, what happened was they changed it from, uh, from cookie validation to JavaScript validation. And as, as anybody who listens to this show knows, I don't run JavaScript, which meant that even though I was doing 35 Bing searches a day, cause it was my primary driver for, uh, for my browsing, uh, I wasn't getting any credit for it. So I realized that, okay, well, the method that they're using actually is they're using JavaScript to go do this and hit this. And, and I went ahead and ran a PowerShell script that I would just run and it would send. 20 queries to Bing just to get my credit, my daily credit for how many, I do. because like I said, I was using Bing that much anyway. So I figured it was fine. And, but unfortunately, because I blocked scripts, they, they weren't registering any of that. So my PowerShell script, I just have it run once a day to go and send and, and it can't all be the same query. So I'd have it right. send, uh, it, I actually had it send queries for things like, uh, what is the current timestamp, for example? And, and of course there had to be a delay or otherwise they, they spam filter you. And anyways, I did that for a good two or three years before they ended up banning me from the program. <laughs> Just like my, a Democrat. My, old, my old boss used to use Bing for everything. And he had one year, he ended up cashing out like $600 worth of those rewards. Damn, sure. Yeah, he bought Christmas using the uh the Bing rewards. But I don't know, Ben Rose. That seems like a Democrat cheating for justice. Is that what you were uh you were it going wasn't for? cheating? <laughs> I was legitimately running Bing searches. I just didn't feel like I needed them to track me for everything else. No, but they want your information. You are the data, you are the product. And that's not the case on the No Agenda stream or here on Grumpy Old Ben's. Or what is the uh, your live stream is what meet us live? Yeah, just meet us live. That seems too easy. I mean, it has <laughs> with, with a D, not a T. Right. Not with a meet. D, not a T. Yeah, I mean, not it's Medusa m- without the A. <laughs> oh, well, there. I guess that's, uh, I mean, do you have snakes coming out of your hair? I mean, I don't know. Uh, hey, man. Whatever works. I got rid of my hair a long time ago. <laughs> I had it when I needed it, and I was done with it. <laughs> <laughs> right right now, most, 
most of the hair on my body is all on my lap right now. Well, that's because you like to collect cats. But uh, so what 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 do you got to uh, anything coming up on Fun Fact Friday? I mean, we know you've got a few other podcasts, but uh, Uh, Fun Fact Friday with Leland David. That's funfactfriday.com. We pick out the topic for the episode, like right before we record. Which is um, now do. on Wednesday, which you've ruined it for us because now we know yes. it's actually Fun Fact Wednesdays. It's it's uh, the show is Fun Fact Friday. At no point do we say we don't we record on Friday, so uh, it's like <laughs> we're not lying. We're just yeah, deceiving. You're, you're admitting right. to, you're admitting to false advertising. <laughs> yes, we, we go. It. I like that we line. Go live. We're not we go lying live on Wednesday nights at seven thirty on Twitch.tv slash Fun Fact Friday one, or you can just go to funfactfriday.com slash live. Uh, also, we go live on our stream at the same time and then meet us pod comes out when i get done with one and then i'm gonna i might be doing a solo you know talking more along the lines of that larry show than along the lines of random thoughts uh we're not gonna be as topical so you're gonna be good and (laughs) i hope (laughs) larry man that that, just like that larry show all day i can listen to that larry show all day um but yeah that's so when when are you live when are you starting up your podcast with Darren? Right. Everybody thinks he, that I need more, more shows. Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> you need three more shows. It's one for every day of the week. Yes. Just one for every day of the week. And then we could take some days off. I mean, I don't know. We will be back next week on Monday. On Friday, it's Christmas Day, but I know, uh, you know, we're not going anywhere. And it sounds like Ryan's not going anywhere. So we I, may I, have. You know, I, I have been uninvited to my <laughs> my leftist in-laws who are deathly afraid of this non-existent pandemic. So I'll be here in this chair, whether I'm ranting at a microphone or not. I, that, that remains to be seen. And, and there is a big difference between not being invited somewhere and being uninvited somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big difference. Yes, there is uh, but fun fact Friday, like you said, the most wholesome show on the no agenda stream, which I mean, there there's now reasons we- and that's, when uh, Ryan, you were on one of your rare vacations when it was uh, Adam played the clip from Fun Fact Friday. And I'm like, oh, no agenda producer. We should we should add this to the stream because, uh, you know, all the all the rest of us are going to hell. So we need something to kind <laughs> yeah. of, you know, uh, I, I, I got to admit that, that I am I, I keep a death grip on the control of what goes on on the no agenda stream these days. But that one. Somehow you slipped it past me by by dropping it in when I wasn't around. And and I, I mean, you know, if there's one thing more powerful than than my desire to make sure I have control over everything, it's my sheer and all unadulterated laziness. So it's really just still there for, through inertia. I added it to the list and you're like, I'd have to hit delete. And that's a lot of work. And it seems like a pretty good show anyway. So, uh, you know, what the hell? Well, there was a, there was a time where we've had, we had plenty of conversations about we need to find more shows for the stream because the amount of shows we had was really you know there were a lot of shows that were no longer going on i think that was like right about the time a mark and george show stopped and it was like we don't really have enough shows to even fill a 24-hour yeah. rotation and and those and days there was are no gone. way we could there was no way we could loop episode 24 indefinitely there right. had to be a stop to that right right and you know we needed more shows and all of a sudden i mean the the gauntlet has been picked up by Chris with abs and a six pack with Billy bones and a walk through the mind with uh, fun fact Friday, of course, and uh, cold acid, Abel Kirby, a rare encounter 
the podcast or the rare encounter or the rare encounter. It's, 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 it's rare. And there's an encounter. I know that oh, much. Yeah. And the shows that have come out have all been really good. Sergeant Fred's 2030 podcast. There's been a lot of stuff coming out of the no agenda producer community. That is my, really good. My, my cue right now, there's, there's 37 RSS feeds that, that I have checked automatically in the script. I've got two more where I know the shows are going to be added, but I just need to take time to write a regex. And anybody here who knows how to write one of those understands what a giant commitment that is. Um, and then I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tabs open in my browser that are just pointing to the websites of other shows that have been recommended that I'd want to go listen to an episode of. Uh, we're, we're loaded. Yes. And I will, I will say anybody that wants their show played on the no agenda stream, there is only a few bars you have to hit. One at this point is have at least five shows and show you're doing a regularly produced podcast, meaning don't send us a thing that there were five shows and you stopped doing them three years ago, but you might start someday soon. Uh, no I, advertising. Are, are you talking about me to spot there or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that. It could be maps with Matt, which is, uh, you know, that is, we had to make the rule and Sir Matthew knows we have the Sir Matthew rule now. We gave him on podcast number one. We were so excited for Maps with Matt. He got played after the Sunday No Agenda. The fans embraced him. They cheered. We want to learn cartography. And then he did three shows and stopped. And we've all been depressed ever since, Sir Matthew. And certainly Mofo is saying more live shows. And I think that that is a fantastic idea for the stream. And uh, the the biggest problem that we ran into is that uh, all of these podcasters who are wanting to go out and try their hand at live shows, they're putting up their own streams. Yeah. Like you know, the no agenda stream should be the only stream you care about. But <laughs> for some reason, people want to build their own audience. I, what is this shit? Yeah. And it's hard, though. I mean, it is hard. There's a lot of people that shouldn't be doing live streaming until you get a little bit better. I mean, that's not the thing you want to do right out of the gate but the live streams are fun because that's when you can interact with your your chat room whatever you want to call it we call it a troll room that's what no agenda has and we just hijack it we don't even have our own special hashtag you know like hog story hashtag hog story and nick has hashtag sewer chat we just all hang out in the no agenda room because it's easier we could have hashtag grumpy old Ben's, but then we'd be like don't forget to go to hashtag grumpy old Ben's, and uh i mean that seems like work and we know the bemrose theory but <laughs> If you have a podcast and you've been doing it for a while and you think it's good enough to hit the no agenda stream and you don't take advertising, you have to get it to Ryan, which is hard because he's not on a lot of social media and by design. Uh, yes. You have to use this thing called email. Yes. And it's you have this to- ancient technology. It's like chiseling on a rock and then <laughs> no, having no, a dinosaur I also, carry I also, it to him. I also use some newer technologies. For example, I'm on IRC all the time, which yeah, is true. And if you have questions, that's the place you want to be. And, uh, you know, don't ask if you can do a live show if you've never done a show ever before and don't have any in the can yet. And, uh, you know, be like, hey, I want to take over the stream. It's like, no, you got to prove it. There's there has to be a little bar. There has to be a little bar that. Yeah, we won't we we won't do live on the no agenda stream because sometimes we don't record on Wednesday night. Oh, no, we have to push it off to Thursday just because of either school commitments or work commitments. And we want, if we're going to do it on somebody else's stream, we would want to be very consistent and we just can't commit to that. So 
And I was we decided to make our own. I thought it was really cool that your daughter's school plays the podcast for the kids, which is also why you have to stay very G rated. Yes. Yes. One of the teachers um, actually went to school with him and he pulls his phone up and hooks it to a little Bluetooth speaker and they play the episode on Friday mornings. I'm just telling you, Leela profanity lace tirade that would be the funniest thing in class too do yeah you should you should do a show about profanity and then just just start with that cold opener just just straight lyrics from an eminem song yes dmx oh i you know the first time carolyn blaney of the hog story blaney's went on the hog story stream by herself she's like oh anybody have anything they want me to read so i sent over the lyrics to an insane clown posse song and she read them and there was some good stuff i have to find that uh recording because that that should, that should definitely be played um on the no agenda rock and roll pre-show but everybody should check out funfactfriday.com and meet us live m-e-d-u-s live and that you could listen to 24 7 for non-stop entertainment goodness and then there's more podcasts coming Everybody says Bemro should do a solo podcast, but I don't I don't I don't think the world's ready for that. I, I, I think uh, we, we have some responsibility. I, 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 I can barely handle the responsibility of doing this podcast where I don't actually do any work at all. Exactly. So thanks for coming along with us on this episode. Meet us. I mean, we we're, I'm not being rude. Just calling you by your last name. He asked just to yeah, be called. Like, he just wants just meet us. It's like, you know, hey, that's what guys do. That's a different thing, too, guys. You know, hey, Bemrose. You know, usually it's not like, hey, Ryan, what's up? But uh, we appreciate you being with us here on the Grumpy Old Ben's live stream. Everybody that's in the troll room at noagendastream.com. Everybody that's listening to this and the recorded version, we appreciate you giving us your time because we know there's a lot of podcasts out there. We just talked about like 8,000 of them. And if you're hanging out with us, it is something that we're not. Uh, taking for granted in any way, shape, or form. And we will be back to not take that for granted again on Monday for another fun-filled edition of Grumpy Old Benz. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill, coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where if you haven't done your Christmas shopping yet, it don't matter, because there's really no Christmas this year. And from America's left coast, where my AI replacement is still years from beta, I'm Ryan Bemrose. Or at least days.